welcome to Amanda's Picture Show A Go-Go. I'm your host, Amanda, and today we have a special episode because it's a crossover with... Cinema Wheeler Tay. Yeah, it's it's Sean and Scott. Uh, we're here once again, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've joined forces to go back to uh, with Amanda's Picture Show Go Go, and we've reunited a panel that we had last time when we did a crossover, which yeah. ironically was a Star Wars episode. It's a tradition now. It is, uh, and we have the exact same group. Because we like to play it safe. We don't like to take risks. <laughs> Much like this movie. Right, right, exactly. We, we have a lot of corporate sponsors and board members to, 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 you know, to deal with. And this so has we, been a podcast by committee. That's exactly right. Unfortunately, uh, it's still going to bomb in China. <laughs> Many of them are repeats. <laughs> These are repeat guests. Uh, we have uh, Eric Sternberger. Hey, Once how's again. it going? Sean, Scott, Amanda? Mystery guest that hasn't been announced yet, <laughs> so I don't want to <laughs> give your name away. And that mystery guest is the father of Ray. <laughs> yep. His name is Josh Greenwald. Yeah, that's right. I'm Josh Greenwald, Star Wars. <laughs> that, was, that was the obvious choice. That's right. There's a lot of ground to cover on this one. I There's think. a lot. And I was going to say, so um, both, both Amanda's Picture Show, A Go-Go, and Cinema Wheeler's Hay are movie podcasts. However, uh, this may be a joint television podcast in which we also discuss in detail The Mandalorian. Yeah. I Just think up front, that's going to happen. That's a fair, that's a fair point to make. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think anybody here is going to be strong-armed into that argument either. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, considering you guys all sort of twisted my arm to make sure I watched all of The Mandalorian before <laughs> I came here today. Well, we wanted to make sure we didn't accidentally spoil no, something no, no, for of you. Course, of course. We want to add, like, all the, the four of us, Josh, Eric, Scott, and I, were all caught up on Thursday with The Mandalorian, and Amanda had not watched a single episode. By Friday, she had surpassed all of us. Uh, I started watching The Mandalorian at 10.30 at night on Thursday night. I had well, Friday off. and So let's, let's uh, to get into a little bit of a tie-in here, I'm probably jumping ahead, but the fact that Disney moved the one episode to the Wednesday prior to yeah. um, Skywalker coming out which introduced force healing. Mm. Does anyone think that they... I mean, I'm sure they partially did that so they didn't, you know, decay. That way it's not out the same day as Star Wars and people can see yeah, them both. Yeah, since it was the Friday. But does anyone else think that the timing of why that episode came out was a little bit so that people could go into the movie like already now knowing force healing exists so that they didn't have to fucking explain it? Yep. Because J.J. hates to explain things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, mm. I mean, that, I'll, get, I'll be honest. The, I thought the, they always the, did like, force seal. <laughs> the, the meta corporate synergy of all that. Uh, well, yeah, I I had heard that that was part of why they moved moved it up. Like I thought it largely had to do with like not competing with the the release date. But I'm like, okay, when Ray force heals, that to me was because I had I saw Rise of Skywalker first. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a shock to me. I'm like, well, yeah, this makes sense. Of yeah. course, for, the force can do that. Like. The force you can also feed yourself with force matter. Like, it, I don't know. Like, it just, like, I, I don't understand why that necessarily had to be like, we have to introduce it here so we don't. It didn't need explanation to me. I don't know. I was, I'm just, I don't know. It's maybe the, the corporate synergy cynicalness yeah, uh, yeah. and with a background in marketing. So I kind of. I think it was two reasons. It, it, I think it's both. Anybody yeah. here see the HBO show Carnival? Yeah. That really reminded me of that because she basically had to take a life away from something else sure. to heal another being. 
And I mean, we can get into the whole like, you know, Kylo coming back and losing his life thing, but I, I think really they they probably needed to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't, it probably it wouldn't occur to me if I hadn't seen Carnival. I'd be like, oh, this makes sense. You have well, to take life like, to give life. But when she healed the snake, she was then still like it didn't seem to actually drain her in any way. Because no, because like, then she was she, able to. Because then she was able to do like that amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah. run and flip and take out a uh, the, <laughs> tide destroyer. Before tide we fire. get a little too far ahead, mm, just sure. for the structure of my podcast, the yeah. quote unquote structure. Can can we just give sort of general impressions of oh. this movie? Yeah. Sure, we could probably also have what we thought of the last two as well because that yeah. was a good yeah, especially good idea. For this series that people have strong opinions. Yes. Last on two being. Episode seven and eight. Yes, not the sequel trilogy. Yes, not any of the Ewok films from television. <laughs> oh. um, for me, what I'll, what I'll say is, I loved. I'm, I'm one of the rare breed of animal now that actually loved both the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Because I'm I f- with you. Oh, good, good. Because I felt they were. The Force Awakens was a perfect way to reintroduce the franchise to people. Kind of freshen it up in a way, like kind of remind people why we love Star Wars in the first place while introducing a new breed of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought that The Last Jedi did a great job of deepening it and bringing us into a, another direction that we normally wouldn't go in, but still kind of organically tied to that first film. But basically, that, force, that first movie set up The Last Jedi to kind of deepen it and broaden yeah. it and, and, and take it in new, exciting directions. When we get to this movie, my overall impression is this. I don't hate this movie like some people do. Yeah. But I describe it as, remember when we were kids and we had the Star Wars action figures from Kenner? And we would mm-hmm. always come up with our own storylines. Like, I would have Jabba the Hutt fighting alongside Darth Vader against Luke Skywalker. You don't care about <laughs> anything other than this looks cool, right? This movie feels like it was written with that same mentality <laughs> at points. That's of, how they storyboarded. They took yeah. all the action figures. <laughs> it's the way I played with action figures. That's exactly how this movie plays out. And I don't mean that in a positive. There's a lot of things I really enjoy about this movie, and we'll dive into that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of issues I have with the film, too. But that's my overall impression right now. Yeah, um... Oh, this is Scott, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> we should say that anytime. Yeah, anytime. Because we all sound exactly Scott the same. Star Wars. <laughs> I'm Scott Star Wars. I don't know if people can tell the difference between my voice and yours, Scott. No. This is going to be really difficult. No, no, no. Um, yeah, there's a parts of it that I liked. Um, um, I think it's funny you talk about episode, what was it, eight? Yeah. Uh, was it, that's the last Jedi. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. call it that. Um, that's what people know it by. Um, I think it, it made me like Last Jedi better. Not because I didn't like this movie. It's just like, oh, I see how it ends. So I, it, the middle movie is always the one where you're like, where is this going? And uh, yeah, so now you know where it goes. <laughs> um, I think that was a better film. I think the first two were better movies. This one just seemed like... It, I think it was more a product of they kept bouncing around creatively. And they didn't pick a pick a lane, um, and we all have opinions of what lane they should pick. But um, there's some cool stuff, and some of the things that people probably don't like about it. I, you know, I probably like it. I think there's some. I love the emperor, so if you just want to 
throw them in anything you can for, for, with me. Um, <laughs> Do it. I like a I like a villain that just loves being a villain. Um, loves it. As opposed to like Kylo. I don't like Kylo Ren. <laughs> I've seen three movies. I'm like, okay, we could have not done that. He's <laughs> so beautiful and emo. I like Kylo Ben. <laughs> I thought that was cool. I thought I, I don't know. He's just like he was one note the whole three movies. Like I, I, I'm, I'm conflicted. All right, you know, the emperor is not conflicted. He loves force lightning. He loves being in power. He loves big cannons that blow up starships. That's what he likes, and he's gonna do whatever he wants to make sure that that's that's that he's doing that stuff, and he's gonna make everybody do it. So I love it. There's like it's easy to watch him. He's like I love this. <laughs> Yeah, but he loves cackling too. He loves cackling when he's throwing the first lightning, and um, he must practice in the mirror. <laughs> he definitely just like I just want you, and he loves like you know he loves being the emperor, and you know there's not enough of that in Star Wars. I think there's like everybody's got to be conflicted. You know, I like a baddie. This is like I'm bad. I love being bad, and you're not going to talk me out of it. So, but yeah, the, the movie was mixed. Outside of that, Josh. Uh, so. While I was watching the movie, I absolutely loved it. Five minutes after we walked out of the theater, I think all three of us were like, that wasn't a very good movie. <laughs> Full confession, Scott, Josh, and I saw it together opening night. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, but that, that was... and So, yeah, it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't all good. It, it was enjoyable. I think it would have been better as a summer popcorn flick rather than, yeah. you know, we're, we're getting all stoic and serious in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, as far as the, the, the first two of the new trilogy, I, I really liked Force Awakens. I absolutely love The Last Jedi. I know I love it even more. And I think this movie completely validated and vindicated what Ryan Johnson did. I know a lot of people will disagree with me there, but I, I, I think for better or worse, even if you didn't like The Last Jedi, you came to some sort of expectation that this movie would have blown you away emotionally in some way. Uh, but I, I felt nothing in this movie. It was really just action. Even even when Han came back as, as a ghost, or is this really the first time we had... Not a force ghost come back because he wasn't really a force ghost. Yeah, yeah he was a memory. memory. Yeah, I thought he was just a, a, for, a force memory. Yeah, <laughs> something. Like yeah. I, I felt nothing then, even with the line that where they were trying the, the whole like not saying I, you know, I love you, I know a thing. I I just felt nothing. I felt nothing when Kylo Ren died. Uh, I had no attachments to the characters after this at all. Maybe a little bit with Ray with the very last scene, which I think was probably the best scene in the movie. But it just was a big flat. You're right. I never thought of the whole action figure type thing. It was just like somebody playing with toys. Mm-hmm. But again, I enjoyed it. It just wasn't. It, it wasn't very good. Yeah, I think uh, it's. Uh, this is Scott speaking, by the way. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like. Chuck Winding had a great quote it was about how, um, uh, who, by the way, he wrote the Aftermath series of books, which were the books that lead up to The Force Awakens uh, in Disney canon. And um, and uh, he said, J.J. has often said that he writes a movie or approaches a movie based on how he wants people to feel in the theater and it works backwards from there. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that when people leave the theater, they think. 
Yep. And he said, and that's why JJ is, is so good at that. Like in the theater, I'm ha- like, like theme park kind of <laughs> feeling mm-hmm. until you get all, get, you know, like you said, you leave the theater and you're like, oh, but what? Which is, is kind of where I'm at on, on, on the whole thing is uh, to me, you say action figures, to me, it felt like a video game yeah. of we have to go here and we have to do this and then we have, to, and oh, here's another, it's the fetch quest of go here, find a thing, go here, do a thing. And it's so linear that it doesn't give you any time for like the characters to actually reflect upon the things that happen. Uh, on a whole, the movie just undercut itself at every turn. Um, it's like, Chewie's dead. There's a second transport. Yay, Chewie. It's like there's no time for actually people to deal with the fact that they might have just killed their friend. Yeah. The the movie doesn't slow down enough for anyone to contemplate that. There's not even, you know, like like in – especially the fact that Ray did it. So – Yeah, there's like a brief conversation, but then – Right, and I feel like, and it plays okay for Ray's arc in general. Like we can get into more specific stuff later, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, for me it was like it was a very okay movie. It was it felt like just like uh, when you look at it after the fact, it ticked the boxes. It went through everything, but it went through everything in such a linear, expected fashion that that's why I didn't care. Yeah, because it's like reading. Um, you know, it's like reading the Wikipedia article for a movie and then watching the movie. It's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of how it's like. Oh, I bet they're gonna. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, I yeah. I just thought about that at some point. <laughs> so, so it was just like it just really, really followed that, uh, and it didn't give uh, things like the right amount of weight or the right amount of character growth for for people to actually have specific arcs other than the arc of the theme of the movie. Uh, which then brings me to like the three of them. I kind of felt a bit flat when I first saw Force Awakens. Kind of, I remember thinking I was like low B, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I was like, "Oh, this is a beat for beat soft reboot of a New Hope." Mm-hmm. But it grew on me, uh, and the things it was doing over time. Uh, so I, I liked it better. Um, Last Jedi, I loved it. It's, I mean, obviously, it's not without flaws, but I, I loved it. Um, and I, I, and I feel like this is kind of like the, oh, well, like the, if this wasn't the last movie, I probably wouldn't be as meh on it yeah. just because like, you know, it's like having a really good meal and then having an okay dessert. You always remember the last thing you ate. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of how I feel, feel about this. And it's like, and I feel like people who really love it and who really like it, awesome. Enjoy it. I'm glad I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad I'm not I'm in no way ever gonna tell you you're wrong for loving something or for liking something. Although I do see a lot of people who are like want to talk about how um JJ fixed his trilogy after Ryan fucked it up uh. or uh and things like that. I just kinda of be like, look, you can't hand something off to someone and then still th- say like, oh, they didn't take they didn't take my vision. If you have a vision for a story, then don't let someone else tell your story. Yep. Right. And I will push back against anyone that says that. But if anyone just says like they enjoyed it and whatever, that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm very much aligned with most of you. Like 
I felt very mixed about this. I know Eric and I were messaging back and forth because he and I saw it in theaters next door to each other 15 minutes apart. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all at Easton that night at just yeah. <laughs> varying times. Yes. And uh, Thank you for not texting me from 15 minutes into the future the whole t- movie. <laughs> uh, no. Well, no. I could have guessed what those texts would have been from 15 minutes away. <laughs> uh, we were going to use our force powers to, <laughs> to talk between the, t- the wall in between us. Uh, yeah, I... I think it was you, Josh. I think I saw you put on Facebook, like, it's a fun movie, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And I really, like, as soon as you, I saw you post that, I was like, yes, that is very much how I feel. Like, the whole idea of, like you said, Eric, J.J. Abrams doing the, like, you feel great in the theater, but you think afterwards. Like, it, it, I will admit, like, while I was watching it, too, there were times where I was like, okay, that's fun. I think that's kind of, like, a shitty thing to do in a story aspect or movie aspect and um when we go into like retread of stuff like straight up in the last 30 minutes of the movie john williams used three themes from other <laughs> movies yeah. he used a harry potter theme and uh i think two harry potter themes and an et theme at various points and i was just like I was very annoyed. Anyway, I was like, God, damn it. You didn't do anything original for this. (laughs) (laughs) That was not supposed to be a pun. I feel so good about this. He's, what, 88 now, too? So that might He forgot what he wrote 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It just, like, there were, it it felt very fan service-y to me. Mm. And uh, in, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2019. This probably isn't going to go up until 2020 Mm -hmm. at this point but there were a lot of times that i thought oh like i disagreed a lot with uh you know scorsese earlier this year saying you know movies have become theme park rides but this movie felt like a theme park ride to me Mm -hmm. like it did not feel like a movie (laughs) so uh keep the theme park idea in your mind because i'm going to come back to that here in a little bit okay because that just I, throughout, I, I felt like it was a ride, a roller coaster, because, uh, and and one that doesn't have any slow parts really. Like it's just like boom, 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 boom. Uh, I just I don't know. I had a hard time. There were parts that I loved, mm-hmm. um, and some of it was like even while I loved it, I was like, I know this is fan service, and then there were also fan service parts that made me mm-hmm. very upset. I'm not someone who who dismisses fan service or thinks it's terrible as right. long as it's woven in organically into the movie mm-hmm. and, or it's not distracting where it's going to take you out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. The biggest thing with me is it's, it's rushed. I don't care what direction JJ took it in from what Ryan mm-hmm. did. As long as it was crafted well enough that you were feeling the emotional beats and they let people breathe and talk to each yeah. other. But the big point here is I have no problem if this is the creative direction you're going in that Ray is the granddaughter of Palpatine, but neither of them had any reaction to being related to one another. He didn't have any re- re- any sort of emotional attachment to her because even though he's a well, self, he's pure evil, he's pure so. evil. But you would think that he would have some sort of ownership, a feeling of ownership with her on some well, level that wasn't expressed. He just goes, "You are my granddaughter. Now I'm going to transfer my soul into you." It's like it's it's like a kid's writing all of these story beats without yeah. actually fleshing out. It's like the, to the me, like how, how great would it have been if uh, they just finally said, "Look, JJ, you have two movies full of material here. 
Fuck it, we're Disney. We did 80% of the box office this year. True fact, look it up. Mm-hmm. That's before this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just tell everyone it's going to be two movies. They can't say no. I mean, Disney's the emperor in this position. But, like, yeah. you yeah. can't say, if, if Daisy originally was like, no, 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 I only want to do one more movie. Like, do you want to work? It, well, I mean, outside but, of this, she did uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which... And she did, like, one other one that like, hasn't been released with Tom Holland. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but it's not like she's been doing a ton of other movies right, other than this. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's like, if they said, hey, like, we're going to make this two movies, uh, we're going to split this up because they, they have so much material, I feel like this would have been a lot better. And then, like, think about it this way. If then the second, like, the end of the... The first of this new two movie thing, like the beginning of the second, whatever, is Palpatine like force projecting as the kindly old grandfather, her like trying to convince her to come to the dark side, you know, in like full on Anakin seduction mode. And like that to me would be a lot more interesting. Yeah. And then he goes full on evil when she says no. Or, you know, like, you know, give her an actual temptation to the dark side. So that it's more triumphant when she says no, especially if you're just going to hit uh, Jedi uh, story beats anyway. Once you get into that, right? And it's kind of it could be analogous to uh, Revenge of the Sith, how he seduced Anakin to mm-hmm. the dark side. Mm-hmm. You could kind of play that off of with Ray with better dialogue. So that's yes. <laughs> well. So I was talking with my husband Jeremy about this last night, and the idea that this movie was so rushed and. Uh, why couldn't it have been two movies? Like, I feel like Disney, and I do mean Disney, not Lucasfilm. I feel like Disney very much was like, well, it's always been a trilogy, so we have to do a trilogy. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? Yeah, like, there's right. no point that it has to, there's no reason it has to be a trilogy. Like, what Marvel's done, where it's done all sorts of, like, played with the form and the genre, and it doesn't have to be any set thing, I, I'm like, you're fucking Star Wars. If you want to make this four instead of three or five instead of three, that's fine. Like, I don't think anybody was going to be upset if they said we're going to split it into two. I mean, there would be the people on the Internet that are like, this is just a money grab. But I think after seeing the movie, would any of us have been upset if this had been split into two movies? No, no, no. no. And they're already messing with the format anyways. They have solo Star Wars movies, including Solo. Yeah. 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 And and Mandalorian. Yeah. But even then, too, I, I feel like it's... If anything, that is a statement on Star Wars on a whole. Star Wars is so entrenched in things it has done in the past. And the fact of, oh, we're doing trilogies because we've always done trilogies. Or um, looking back now and saying, oh, uh, uh, Star Wars is about uh, lineage and parentage when it originally was not. It just became that when they went to the story in the prequel to tell Anakin's story, mm-hmm. and it was about redemption of the, you know the son redeems the father, as Lucas always said. It wasn't about like uh, like I said, you know, lineage and like these forces against each other. It was about a certain line, yeah. not not certain lines that goes against what I was saying, but like the son redeems the father. I did read an interview with Kathleen Kennedy recently where she said they want to get away from trilogy storytelling. Smart move. And yes. she said, it's it's like, we got to get away from that format. The only reason, it, it was a happy accident, like you said, that it became a trilogy in the first place with Lucas. Right. Because he started with four. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 
Um, then he went back and did the three. But at least with that trilogy, with all its flaws, uh-huh. he did have a story that was mapped out yes. from beginning, middle, and end. So it justified being a trilogy well, in that regard. That's another thing I was talking with Jeremy about last night is, and coming into, you know, bringing The Mandalorian into this, I very much felt like The Mandalorian, that John Favreau and his writing team, they worked together to have a story that was all connected. Mm-hmm. However, even though they knew this was going to be a quote-unquote trilogy, I feel like they were like, here, JJ, uh, write whatever you want for Force Awakens. Here, Ryan, write whatever you want for The Last Jedi. And then they gave this to Colin Trevorrow originally, and they were like, write whatever the hell you want. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The problem here is, again, you're fucking Star Wars. Come up with, like, go ahead and give creative reins as far as some of the writing and direction. But in the way that Marvel has done, where they have all sorts of interesting creative people coming in and out, but they still have an overarching story that so I is just a structure there. to uh, script notes from a couple weeks ago where Kevin mm. Feige was on. Oh, okay. And they asked him about this, and he said what they tend to do because they don't because they don't take pitches. So he's like, yo, they don't they go out and they find the people that they want for projects. Yeah. Um, he said what, what they do is they say, oh, well, we have this project going on. He said he and his team basically come up with here is the story we want to tell. We want to tell this story to get this character from this place to this place in this kind of theme utilizing these other characters. And then they'll say, all right, who does this sound like this would work for? Mm. And they go, oh, okay, um, this sounds uh, like it could be good for this filmmaker. So they go to the filmmaker and they give them this outline and say, do you think you could come up with uh, a Doctor Strange film based upon this outline? And basically that's how they work with people. And then he said basically they they get them back and some people are like, basically find a way to basically use that outline as as God mm-hmm. and find cool ways to kind of work inside of that structure. And others come in and be like, okay, uh, I see where you're starting. I see where you're ending. What if we got there this way and hit these things? And like, so that's what you know Ragnarok was. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. But, but that all comes through like a creative that's handling story as opposed to just uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy who's handling uh, she's not she is not over she's not doing anything editorial as a producer yeah that's the thing is I like I really really respect Kathleen Kennedy as a producer and I mean as a woman in filmmaking she is amazing but I kind of felt like like you said with editorial or even like that creative side she she just wasn't as hands-on in the way that I think she could have been that would have made this sequel trilogy more cohesive because it very much felt like each person was just, like, given a movie and then, like, do whatever you want. It's like, but but, but remember, this is supposed to be an overarching story. And particularly... Oh, Scott's getting ready. Scott's getting ready. Uh, and, and I felt like this movie, in a lot of ways... And, and I forgot to say, I did like uh, Force Awakens a lot. I love, love, loved Last Jedi. And there were multiple times in this movie where I was like, oh, they're just doing a fuck you to Ryan Johnson right now. Yes. With Rose, with Palpatine. Even if that was like, oh, you know, your parents were no one because they chose to be no one. Like, there, it just felt like they were retconning things. Mm-hmm. And I, it just frustrated me because it, 
we Let's are... do a hold on maneuver. Oh, you can't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, I just feel like we are seeing in quote-unquote like cinematic universes that there are ways that you can make things cohesive and this didn't feel cohesive to me. Yeah, I... Uh, this is Scott speaking. <laughs> this, is, this is Eric speaking. Um, but uh, I do find that... I, I think there is a bit of hypocrisy, though, with... Because Ryan did change a lot of stuff that J.J. was going to do, so they both did it. It's not... Uh, whether you liked what Ryan but, did or not, he but, but changed... But he wasn't... If, it wasn't that he was it wasn't established. Back, he wasn't giving it back to JJ, which is I feel like different. Yeah. They were fucking over the, the person that was coming after them, basically. <laughs> JJ had no plan. He even said he had no plan. You didn't want to do. You just wanted to do one. I think they wanted JJ to be the Kevin Feige of the trilogy, and, and he he was only going to do one. He was only going to do one, and because he did Star Trek, and I don't think he wanted to stick. And then it just messed up. Um, um, <laughs> yep. That, I, 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 that's the poll quote the entire yeah, episode. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, when you see the, I think it hurt that the Mandalorian came out and it was just so, it satisfied everybody. Yeah. People that were just passive Star Wars fans and people that were really into it, everybody was like, oh, this is, this is, this felt like what it should be. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I, I like The Last Jedi, but I'm not the biggest fan. I don't, I don't think it's a masterpiece. It's, I mean, Luke carries around a giant fish. I mean, it's half airplane and half Star Wars. I think it. I think it's. It's like if you're going to do a parody. If you're going to be a parody or whatever, I mean, be a parody. Um, Yeah, the Cantabite. Oh man. Which I probably won't hate because I watched Clone Wars and I didn't hate the diner scene in that anymore. So I'll probably like it. It softens. It'll be my favorite movie of all time in 30 years. Um, We'll come back. But it's a good. I mean, but it's a good film, and I think um, I don't think JJ undercut everything, um, but I think the Rose stuff. I, I don't think that was. I don't think he was. I think that wasn't just his. She just wasn't his character. And Which I sucks, like, though, because in the interviews beforehand, he was saying the best thing that Ryan gave him was the character yes. of Rose and Kelly Marie Tran. But I and mean, like, that clip is circulating well yeah, right now. Yeah. So the movie was overstuffed, and we want more Rose. <laughs> I mean, like maybe that goes to the two movie thing, but uh, yeah, they could have put more Rose in. Instead, they introduced. He introduced once again another love interest for Finn. Why does every woman <laughs> want to drop her panties for Finn? It makes no sense. Not he's a, he's yeah. sexual force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, pun intended. Sorry, Absolutely. That was one of my issue. I was just like, why you have Rose? Well, and, why are you introducing? And, and why is one? Charlie from Lost there? Yeah, just yes. get, because JJ shit. worked with him. Same oh. with Carrie Russell. I mean, just uh, give his yeah. give his shit to Rose. No, honestly, every single line that Dominic Monahan. How do you say his last name? Monahan, Monahagan. Charlie from Lost. Yeah, yeah. Charlie, Charlie from <laughs> Dominic oh, Charlie from Lost. Every time I saw him, I was like, "Oh, look at him hobbiting around over there." Yeah. Like anything he said could have been given to Rose, <laughs> and at least she would have had more screen time, and you would have felt like they that JJ didn't just go, "Oh, right, she was a major player. Let me just insert her here real fast." Oh yes, Eric he gets has a visual dictionary. Which two pages what? in the he visual has a dictionary. Name? No, hang on. Two oh, pages. Again. Rose gets a quarter. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. So, can, can you explain what you just showed to us? Yes, so I, I brought visual aids. I think, am I the first person on the podcast to bring uh, charts and shit? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Probably not. Can you I'm describe them? Talk and... without a microphone. Nice. 
Uh, so yes, yeah, so I brought <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary, wow. which uh, for any points of reference and moments like that. Uh, but I will say, it is kind of one of those things like um, when it comes to like uh, fan service, which has come up a lot, is JJ is one of the worst people in history with fan service. Uh, going back to Star Trek Into Darkness, the moment of uh, uh, Cumberbatch's "I am Con- my name is Khan" <laughs> is the worst fan service I've ever seen because. And, and he does a bit of that in this movie where the name Khan means absolutely fucking nothing to anybody inside of the movie at that point. Mm-hmm. That reveal, that dramatic, that beat, that hold, that entire swell is for the audience because he knows you know something and he's manipulating you as opposed to in the movie. I would have been like, okay, so sure, Khan, what's your last name? Yeah. Speaking of which... Why didn't no one ever ask Finn his fucking last name? Everyone asks Ray her last name. No one asks Finn. Sidebar. Um, That's a very good point. So, um, but then you look at something like Mandalorian, which ends its season, and and I'm going to speak about it here real quick, so spoilers for anyone who hasn't finished Mandalorian, uh, with the Darksaber coming out of a TIE fighter, which is an arguable fan service callback to anyone who's watched Rebels and the Clone Wars cartoons. But it's a great it's great. But it works in story. Yeah. Because like, oh shit, like this guy was on Mandalore. He led the the siege of Mandalore. He's pulling out the dark saber. There's more to this. Like how he the combination of like why he knows that and how he got there and of course the side part of one of the characters to uh wield the dark saber in the Clone Wars uh was John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As previously, yeah. I, um, with all the points you've made, you know, with in terms of fan service and you know, like JJ and Ryan Johnson complimenting each other. First of all, I don't like necessarily like that people are trying to jumpstart a feud between both no. filmmakers. I don't think that JJ and Ryan are sitting at home stewing over the fact that they made different choices in their films. No, I they, think it was honestly a production issue. It was a production, yeah. and I and I, I think that I I don't knowing. I would suspect that J.J. probably admired The Force... I'm sorry, The Last Jedi more than people would even realize. But mm-hmm. he was hired, and they felt pressure because of all the, the fan backlash against a lot of the things that happened in The Last Jedi. Although, I don't think it was a complete cut-and-dry you know, take on that movie. It was polarizing, but it wasn't like the prequels where everyone wanted a shift away from that style. Right, right. Um, I mean, four out of the five people here would have loved if Ryan Johnson had come back. And right. Continued. They're just JJ and Ryan are very different filmmakers in the way they approach material. Like JJ, he loves like you said the fan service or whatever that is. He likes pleasing an audience and giving them a big wow. The rush job, like both even the Force Awakens moves yeah. fast. It's well, better crafted than this movie, but it's yeah. a fast moving film. Yeah, like or, the the Falcon reveal. There's actually a good as fan service. Yeah, like the way that comes in, but it it, it works. It yes. does. Or Han just coming back at that moment and utilizing Solo really well in The Force Awakens mm-hmm. as a character. Um, when we get to uh, um, Ryan, he's more character-driven, and he likes to take our expectations and invert them, but he doesn't do it like as like a punk rock style. It's just like He no. just lets things... He's introducing new elements into the film, 
I loved what he did with Luke. Like, yeah, which I know there's so many people like not my. And I think that's the childhood hero syndrome. Like, I don't want to see my childhood hero struggle with being a hero because it's sure. But even though I identified with that a lot and really enjoyed that, you struggled with being a hero as well, Sean. I did. I also struggled being a hero, (laughs) and I was also redeemed. I I I also (laughs) force projected myself onto you know an army (laughs) in my head. That was that was a really good really good scene. Um. You know, I also take it like it's it, putting JJ and Ryan into the same trilogy. I think is kind of like when they put Spielberg and Kubrick together for AI, which is like <laughs> these very different sensibilities <laughs> sure. combining into one. Although that was at least those guys were in cahoots with that movie, and Kubrick gave Spielberg all that material. <laughs> they were they were in cahoots. <laughs> they we want to we want to do Blade Runner with a baby. It's basically <laughs> what they wanted to do with that movie. They're um, in the back of a bar. Just, right, yeah. All right, here's we what we're going to do. It's a motion picture. No, knowing Kubrick, it probably was in some hidden <laughs> room somewhere. Um, but so I don't – I think when, when fans get angry with like pitting one filmmaker against the other, it, it, it's it, – the problem is that there was no Feige overseeing these right. three films to yeah. make it work as well, a story. And again – there was a third director who was here for a while. You had Colin Trevorrow, and he still has a story by credit on this. Mm-hmm. Like, right. so this wasn't even, I don't think this was completely JJ either. I think it, again, like you said, it didn't have the. Well, it's like they said that Colin was let go or quit, depending on how things come around. Yeah. Uh, the official story, which I don't think is better than what the unofficial story was, uh, which is basically that. The unofficial story is basically everyone from Fantastic Four said, "Do not hire him because mm-hmm. it was the set was such a, a toxic uh, wasteland." Yeah. But um, the official story was that, oh well, he got too far into his writing, and seven and eight were so different than what he was expecting, so he had to change everything and didn't know how to tell his story, so he quit. Mm-hmm. That and like I don't know if that's a better story. No, because to come out of Lucasfilm because that tell that sells the narrative that we all feel we saw on screen. They're, right. It's not cohesive. Yeah. Well, in a way, I'm kind of glad he didn't direct it anyway because because I've seen Jurassic World and I wasn't impressed with that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the degree that I have with the others. Um, you know, like uh, his I, first movie was really good though. Yeah, I heard it. It was it was the one with um, Andre Plaza, right? Yeah, the science fi- sci fi film. I forget the name. Oh. um... A friend needed for uh, time travel, or whatever it was, or that's what it was based. On. Oh shit! I know what you're talking about, and it has Mark Duplass. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really liked that movie. And that's a good film. It yeah. will be a correction in my intro at some <laughs> <Yeah>. point. Figure <laughs> it out. And uh, for the record, too, I love Knives Out. That's my favorite film of the year so far. Really? I, that's that's a movie that I felt was made top five for me. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's a wonderful, wonderful film. So that shows you, I, I, and I, I've heard talk that they might bring Ryan back for another trilogy, trilogy because they're trying to get away from trilogies, so they're going to have him do another trilogy. That, but if he does anything Star Wars related, I'd be very happy. That was announced to see years that. ago, but like nothing's ever kind of happened with it. But he's been busy. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they want to do. He well, also got married. Like you know. Yeah, I, t- I tell you what, though, if, if you tell me that in six. I don't know, six, seven, seven years time, I could have three Ryan Johnson Star Wars movies, or I could have six Knives Out. I'm taking six knives out. Yeah. 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 I mean, someone else, it, you know, if they get another executive in that can spearhead Star Wars, anyone can make a good Star Wars film at that point if they have a strong hand on the wheel. Um, I'd rather see him continue to do stuff like Knives Out. Mm-hmm. 
And I think since Kevin's promotion, I think that's what will happen with Star Wars. I almost think that happened before this came out because they sort of saw the writing on the wall mm-hmm. with this movie. Like so, and that's the thing is, I don't. Um, I, we had a lot of improvisers here on the table. Would any of you want to improvise with JJ? Because no. like, to me, like, this, I, was, I was joking around with <laughs> Josh. Your face was, was like, "Oh, yeah. God. I, I, can't I, was, I, was, uh, I was talking to uh, Nick Argenbride about this, but it was like to me, like, here, like here's a here's a, a JJ Abrams improvised scene. It's like, hey, I gave you a present. Oh no, it's our anniversary. I forgot to get you one. That's okay. It's a Christmas present. And scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a great description of that. Right there. Uh, Not a lot of yes anding going on in the no. trilogy. A, lo- a, a yeah. lot of, okay, but. <laughs> of course, it could be like improvising with Scott and I, too. So. <laughs> so, like, that's a completely different animal altogether. Well, I think that's how you end up with Canto Bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was Ryan Johnson, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, no, I think uh, my biggest. Looking at all three, I can't look at this movie without looking at all three of them. Agreed. I think, yeah. Um, and well, I think there's right. a lot of failures. One, they never had a scene with Han, Leia, and and Luke together. Agreed. That's mm-hmm. a failure. Um, and I blame JJ for that because he put him on a fucking island. People <laughs> always forget that they blame Ryan Johnson for Luke being estranged. But who set that up? <laughs> I know yeah, you set I that up. Yeah. So I don't blame Ryan for that. Off Han. Yes. Why did they wait? Uh, the payoff after seeing all three movies was that there was no Luke never got off that island. Literally, physically, never got off that island for three three movies. He never physically interacted with anybody but Ray and Chewbacca, and it's a travesty. Yeah, it's porks. It's it porks. <laughs> the <laughs> island was interesting, but it wasn't that interesting. And I guess I'm a type of person I, I, I don't I don't buy force projections. I don't count that. That's not real. Because yeah. we all know it's real, so well, it doesn't feel real. real so. Yeah, none of this is real, and that's well, less we do real. Live in a simulation. <laughs> yeah. So the first movie, Mr. Robot in. Uh-huh. White Rose. I'll, I'll be honest. The only the only original character they did, I, I thought they did Han. Well, I was satisfied with Han. I didn't need to see yeah. him come back, even as a memory, because I wasn't even Han. It was just like, oh, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm not Han Solo. I'm not what you remember. I'm just this, this, you know. And uh, talking to Kyle Ren, who's one of the worst characters in the history of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could sulk for three. You could sulk. See, this is the thing. You, Luke can sulk. Anybody can sulk, but you have a time limit. They should have kidnapped Luke, threw him on the Falcon. You can sulk on there, and they can go on adventures while he's sulking and talking about why the Force is for everybody. But at least he gets the, off the damn island. It's just so. It's, it's Star Wars. It's like, I. It's he, not difficult. You know, they made it way too difficult. You know. Agreed. And uh, you could throw the emperor in there. You can have to like he's like, hey, uh, Luke can be like something. This feels off. Don't you guys feel it? Well, I, to me, <laughs> okay. don't you guys? Here's well, he, in fairness, they did throw in the emperor. So <laughs> here's here's yeah. kind of two things I have to say, uh, but I want to kind of go back to now the uh, theme park aspect. Mm-hmm. Does anyone realize two parts of this movie and the setup took place uh, through a theme park ride? And Fortnite. The ride, yes. Fortnite, no. So Rise of the Resistance, I think it is, the is one. the ride that just came out at uh, Disney a week before the movie. Oh, and God. it is people being kidnapped from Batu, taken up on Hux's destroyer, causing damage, causing it to, to be uh, ruined, and Hux being demoted. 
which is why Hux is not the second in charge in this movie. Which, mm-hmm. But, like, so, nobody's going to be able to go... Uh, sorry. Right. That sort of continuity doesn't make sense because in a theme right. park ride, that's a super limited amount of audience. It is referenced <laughs> multiple times in the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary. Me. And that is why he is in a weaker position and why he is the mole in the spot because he is upset of his demotion from the theme park ride. And the other thing is, uh, before I go too far off track with this idea, but the um, uh, the message heard of the dead speak was projected into Fortnite the week before, like, like a couple days before the movie came out, the Emperor's transmission was put out into the Fortnite servers of the Emperor, uh, his decree saying that the Sith would rise. I am just uh, livid totally. right now. Yeah, so, and it, which was then brings me to the point of uh, why JJ is a terrible improviser, part two. Mm-hmm. Why did we never hear that? Why do we? There are about three instances in this movie where we are told things and we don't see them. It's like that. We're we're not told of like uh, then like Rose, one of her three lines, where she comes back and says, "Oh, they just broadcast that they're gonna they're attacking all these worlds." Yeah, it's like why don't we see or hear the broadcast or hear the broadcast, especially because at the end of the movie we see everyone rising up. Why don't we see a scene of everybody being pushed down? Yeah. Yeah. The entire premise of the Sith cult, you need that book to know what's going on. Yeah. When I saw, before I bought that book, I thought the Sith cult, they were like, sort of like fake projections that the Emperor manifested for right. that ceremony. But no, they're, they're real beings, but you need the book to know. Yep. And Fortnite to hear them. So, yeah, yeah go on YouTube. People recorded it. It's the Emperor's oh my message. God. Well,. <laughs> I've been very critical this year of the comments that Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. made about like uh, franchise movies mm-hmm. because I tend to like a, a lot of them. I think anything that plays in the cinema is cinema. But the point you make about tying it into a ride, I'm okay with there being rides built in or corporate tie-ins. I mean, it's been happening since the original Star Wars sure. came out in 1977. And kids need something. It's I remember being a kid, you want that stuff. That's fun. Yeah. But when you're you're blatantly taking away plot points. Yes. <laughs> to yes. put into From other From the things. actual movie. So I have to buy a lunchbox to complete the story of the movie I just <laughs> saw. That's when I started to have issues. Like, I want to see a complete story from beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> when they uh, said, when that's they all said, I ask. You know? <laughs> the plot being a fetch quest. We didn't mean that you actually have to do a fetch quest to find the fucking plot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, he's about the, the, the Sith cult, which I love the concept of a Sith cult. That's a great movie. That was great visuals in Agreed. that movie, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that was creepy. That was it, was, it was really effective. That's almost a movie in and of itself. But, again... They always withhold plot points that you have to read a novel or a comic book or something or a cartoon series. I would just like to watch a movie that has everything I need to watch it in the movie as opposed to... Marvel doesn't do that, though. They don't. No, they put it all there. There are supplemental things that might add to it if you're Mm -hmm. a super fan, but you don't have to do that. Right. They'll do actual Easter eggs and the fact that a character will be named something that, like in uh, Captain America uh, First Avenger, Mm -hmm. one of the Howling Commandos is named the same name as someone who would go on to become Union Jack in, Mm. in, 
you know, a British kind of superhero. But that isn't needed for the story. That's just an actual Easter egg of a character and creating a world. Not something that ties into the plot, because that character's never going to be needed. I think it's more that people are used to the comic books being different than the movies, though. That they're a different thing. They don't follow the same... The movies will take from the comic books and do story, but the, no. this is this is completely yeah. different. Yeah. Where anything right. that's released Star Wars related now by Disney is considered all the same. There's no difference, right? Seems Between the, the yeah. cartoon, whether whether there's a ride, mm-hmm. whether there's um, um, but you, but you should never need to go to a Disney park and do a ride to get a plot point. Right? And and Marvel has yet to do something like that. Of like, yeah, I mean that's I think. I mean, that's interesting. I don't completely hate it. Um, but they should still explain it in the movie, you know. I mean, but exactly. how much What this movie ha- needs is more exposition is what we're all saying. Yeah. <laughs> the last hour. The last hour. It's just like the emperor should have sat everybody down and explained how he did everything. <laughs> and just really explicitly. Story time with the emperor. <laughs> oh, please come with me. And then suddenly uh, one of his like, cultists pulls out a whiteboard. I love the Emperor's speaking voice, so I would love him just to talk more. Like, honestly. <laughs> I, I, honestly, everyone's like trying to get like uh, Samuel Jackson on Waze or something and just have the Emperor. Oh, I'm just like, you will turn left now. I, mean, I would pay like, attention to where you're going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he took all that, uh, the woman he, he had sex with? Which I know some people think. Okay, we gotta discuss it. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, we have in our like group message, but it's we need the to Emperor discuss it. Bone down session. <laughs> he uh, did he take him to one of those orb concerts, <laughs> operas, and he just said the same thing he said to Anakin about the Darth Plagueis. Um, well, <laughs> I killed Darth Plagueis. I just want to mention that to you. Does that? <laughs> Well, <laughs> does so, that mean anything to you? I, like, I, I will say this, even though like it was actually post his, uh, his terrible face, um, Candace Bergen dated Henry Kissinger. So, you know, yeah. If you're powerful, it doesn't matter if you look like crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Who, is it his son or who, who's, son? Yeah. So it's he had a son, and she. So his mom and Ray is the daughter of. Palpatine's son. So they, could, I mean, they're technically nobody. Well, time, but they have. Uh, yeah, timeline-wise, this would have happened ten years after Anakin's birth, mm-hmm. roughly, because Ray is ten years younger than Ben. Yeah. Well, that so, doesn't mean they have to. Uh, well, if he's her grandfather, I'm just trying to think of in in. I mean, okay, so he's her grandfather, sure. And Vader he, is Ben's grandfather. Yes, but Palpatine's also older. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying is like the timeline of when he had a kid because we we've it could have I mean honestly he could have had a kid on uh, shit where Amidala yeah he could have had a kid on Naboo and Ray's father is just a little bit older. Well, we like, saw Ray's father. He looked to be about thirty. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. If not, <laughs> if we hadn't seen Ray's father, I would concede that. But you know what I mean, like it. It could be that he's a little bit older. Yeah, I. I it so, so it that's, definitely that, muddies so things. Which, which is which muddies things as far as when would he have started this plot when he was already still working on Anakin. And well, I don't know that he started this plot. I mean, I it to me it seems like the the he and his son were estranged, obviously. True, and then. 
maybe post Anakin. Then he was like, oh, wait, I got to go find another force baby somewhere. And then was like, hey, I had a son. I remember that. I wonder what's going on there. Like, I, I mean, I feel like maybe his like plans with Ray definitely didn't come in until later yeah. on. I but. feel bad to be a son. You don't have anything. You don't have any lightning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you're. It skips a generation. No, I, I feel like there's a sitcom we should all write <laughs> of like the emperor's son, yeah. and it's it's like Sanford and Son, but with the emperor and his kid, and his kid you know doesn't have any powers. His dad's the emperor. He's like, he won't hook him up with anything because he's a failure. <laughs> he's like, hey, dad. Uh, I could be the second Sith, you know. Like there's always two. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll build a Snoke. Constantly throwing shit. He's constantly like throwing coffee cups at him, and he can't dodge them. Uh, I got these Snoke things I can build. I, just, I don't need you. Oh, and how how great would that have been to me? If like, and this is where I say, like, especially splitting the movie into two. If the voice heard was Snoke, and so everyone basically thought, oh, Snoke's still alive. Kylo lied about him being dead. Mm-hmm. And Kylo went out basically to prove that Snoke was dead. It comes to a planet, sees Snoke, kills him again, turns around, sees another Snoke. What the fuck's going on? And suddenly you hear the Emperor laughing. <laughs> that would have been cool. And like, that's kind of, and like... These are great ideas, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, uh, the truth is we're really analyzing the whole parentage thing way more than J.J. Abrams did. <laughs> As we learned, he basically just throws stuff out there and is like, yep, that's, 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 that's the thing. And that bothers me because I want to know more about the parents. That's an important that, – the, the fact that Palpatine had a son, a little, a little granddaughter, but a son right. that we didn't know about needs to be developed a little bit more. Uh, they're heroes too. We should know a little bit more about these yeah. people. That, right? Yeah. Emmy winner Jodie Comer, who yeah. is just is the silent mother in the whole situation too. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, it just brings a lot of questions. I'm sure this is a Disney Plus story show in the making. The Palpatine family. And no, the all. Disney Plus story is going to be Lando and his daughter going off in search <laughs> oh, of yes. things together. Wait, can because we... by the way, it is mentioned. <laughs> in the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary, it is. that Lando had a young girl that was taken by the First Order. And has a different accent than he does, too. Well, I, I read <laughs> that. We Gwyneth Paltrow has a different accent than everybody. This is true. <laughs> it's, From week to week. It's yeah. a Gwyneth <laughs> accent. <laughs> so I read about that. Uh, David Sims, who is a critic and a podcaster that I follow on Twitter... He had quoted an article about that storyline and just went, wrote, what happened to this movie? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'll admit, when I saw it and Lando is turning to her and going like, oh, we can figure out where you're from. I assumed, oh, they're trying to tie this into that's his daughter. But apparently some people were like, shit, he's hitting on her. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I didn't no. get that at all. His, his before, he seemed sad when he turned to her of like yes. almost like... Yeah, well, I know what also, that is. Though who it's... asked that question? I, you never sit down next to anyone's like, "Hey, where are you?" Like, like it just felt like such a forced question as well. As like that question, the multiple people asking Ray her last name, and Rose with the worst line in the entire movie. Poor, poor Kelly Marie Tran of Leia made you acting general. What should we do, Poe? <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, oh. I mean, that's another thing with like. 
the production side of this movie is like they did have to deal with the fact that Carrie Fisher died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it to me in ways felt like they just were like, oh, well, we gotta kill her off at some point and done. Like it just it didn't feel. It, watching it a second time, you get a real feeling of how stented all of her lines are. They're all yes. I got that the first. Time. No. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, I think that was their plan. Is like they really just like what's this, we're just going to kill off the three main characters from the first movie. That was their plan. Yeah, and that's sad. Which is fine like, if you do it organically. Yeah. <laughs> Leia <Well>, organic. <laughs> there, that's bad. <laughs> their hands were tied. <laughs> their hands were tied because of the death, like real life death of. Kate oh, that, that was my biggest complaint about Last Oops. Jedi is that Luke they killed Luke off. It's like, and they had no idea, obviously. Right. But that was that's my problem with this. It's just an easy. Well, we're going to take a main character. We're just going to kill him. They did it with Han. We're going to kill Luke, and then we're they were going to have Han. Luke, Leia, you could see it. That's what oh, yeah. it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think, and seeing all of them is like, oh, the, the low-hanging fruit was, let's have one last adventure. Force Awakens should have been those three, one last ride, and then you slowly integrated the new characters in. So by the last, I by agree. this movie, this was their story. I agree. And you just, it was just a, that was, it was, that's what was supposed to be fun of this. It was integration of the old with the new, and then you go on to something new. And I still that. say, you know, my initial idea, like right when Last Jedi came out, I know, and I, and I wrote up a little bit there, but it's like jump five years into the future, not just one, and have it be the funeral of um, Princess Leia. And that's kind of what, like, Eric is. wrote an intro and he sent it to me, and it was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was like about eight pages or something. Yeah. But it was like, um, have that be the thing that ignites the rebellion from you know, her death. It's like, you know, it'll start with that. Well, in fairness, too, I, I think there's a lot of things that also play into um, why they killed off all the characters. Like Harrison Ford, I do not think, would commit the three films. I he mean, didn't just, want to yeah, go beyond that one. Yeah, he was. Has anyone that, seen the, the picture of him with what called the wild with the uh, him and the dog? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or someone says, like, when the drugs wear off and you realize you've just been running around in the wilderness with your dog and not a Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, a, that, 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 that's my universe tie-in right there. Uh, by the way, I'm kind of a sucker for that. I, I will see that movie in the Me theaters. too. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I, dude, I, yeah, that preview got me. It did. Um, I'm heartless. I was like, nope. <laughs> I, I think there is an issue. Like, I, I do think, you know, killing off other characters. Somebody even wrote, I read recently, they said it was a mistake to put the older characters in a trilogy with the new characters. That it was too much story to combine mm-hmm. both of those stories and weave them together. I kind of like that the, the, they're interacting. I always saw this as, as a, like, uh, it's, it's a, a changing of a guard. Yeah. yeah, it was a handoff. Like, the old generation was going to hand it off to the new generation. It's like The Godfather, you know, where Marlon Brando dies and hands it off to Michael. This is what this trilogy was meant to be for these characters. I think Daisy Ridley makes Ray for me. I think it's, it's an amazing character because Daisy Ridley is an amazing actress, and she knows how to emote, and she's very intense. Yeah. But I always felt like Ray was treated like Daffy Duck and Duck Amuck by the creators in this because she just they change her to whatever they need her to be in the mm-hmm. moment, and she's like try, has to act based off of those swerves and story points that they throw at her. Um, and I think it's commendable that she was able to develop a compelling character out of all those inconsistencies and incongruities. So, well, how cool would it have been um, 
and, and it's, like, it's one of those things where I feel like there's like little changes. There's some things you could just, if you could just tweak some things, change some things, it would make this a better movie. But like, what if um, in, instead of just lazily referring to the will of the force, which it does plenty of times, like making Finn force sensitive, which you know, if if JJ meant that in the first one, which he kind of says he did with a few I little hints, thought it was I, there. But... I, I feel like you can. I feel like it can be argued that it was there if it's done a little bit better in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he runs into the whole squad of so of stormtroopers uh, that lay down you know, rather than kill people, mm-hmm. what if they had been motivated by hearing of Finn having done that? What if Finn had actually his one act of rebellion sparked? A resistance within the First Order of other stormtroopers realizing they didn't have to follow orders and gave him an arc of suddenly being this commander of all these other people that were leaving because of him. And like to me, like that's a much more interesting story that gives him an arc that puts him at a place that he's the guy who leaves the stormtroopers and becomes the guy who's leading them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like to me, like it's like things like that were just like like, oh, that's such a better choice. It's more interesting than just kind of him yelling Ray a lot. They needed an extra 15 minutes. That would have been fine. Just yeah. for story. And it, it would have made it so much better. How, we, did, how did they get horses on a, the Star Destroyer, by the way? They had the carriers. They were on a transport. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't see that. I was <laughs> like, are they Valkyries? And I just missed it? <laughs> no, they, no, they had a They purposely had them in a... Uh, in a transporter, and then they all like all right. galloped off. We we wasted a lot of time in the first half of the movie. It's kind of comical, and I enjoy it for, as a guilty pleasure of seeking a Sith wayfinder. I don't know what happened, but this universe seems to have a lot of trunkets that find other people. Like or there's a trumpets. map for Luke, and then there's like a Sith wayfinder. I hate that. Why knife. would the Sith want them to find? <laughs> I hate that knife so fucking much. There, that knife is such a video game construct of the fact. Why would you, first off, why would you put coordinates on a knife and then make it carve to have like the the uh, the outline things to lay up against the side of the Death Star to show you where this is inside of it with absolutely, one, no designation of where you're supposed to be standing mm-hmm. to be looking at the Death Star oh, yeah. to do this. Two... It crashed into an ocean which has waves, and as she's climbing it, pieces are falling off. How did it still match up after 30 years? Like, why mm-hmm. can't they have just, like, found, like, him, like, having wrote something? It, it's such an unnecessary complication where they could have just found a guy who told them. They wanted to do the staff of Raw from Raiders, right? Which was perfectly explained perfectly. in those in those movies. One of the best exposition scenes in any movie is when they yeah. explain the Ark of the Covenant and how to find it. But, um, and that's part of it. That's how they get to jump on the Nazis. Oh, yeah. just too tall, or whatever. But yeah, I didn't understand that. That's it, it, no, nothing about that knife makes any yeah. What if they crash landed in a slightly different spot? Right, anything, it just or or even just in general, like if they stood in a different spot, if she was like ten feet to the left, she would have been like, "That doesn't work." Yeah. And also that there's no need for a ticking clock in this movie. Okay, the when I watched it the second time, and they were like, "We have sixteen hours," and, I, and then I was like, "Wait, I've seen this movie already. How the hell do they travel all across the galaxy like a bajillion times?" 
in 16 hours. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Well, isn't the... Uh, didn't someone do the math? Or they figured out the fact that like, in Empire, the time where Han and Leia are together, like, traveling just alone on the Falcon, it was like a month or something like that. They figured out, like, like through hyperspace. Because, yeah, because... Uh, Luke is off training with Yoda during right. that. Like it was somewhere, but like it was like they're actually traveling through hyperspace, like a month to three months or something because of whatever. And so you're telling me that now, especially if you look at inside the Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker <laughs> Visual Dictionary, available at Costco, it has an entire map of the galaxy and where these planets are. They're not next to each other. No. Yeah, it doesn't. They're outer rim planets on the other side of outer rim planets. Why is it when you go to a planet in Star Wars, you go to, like, one city, and that's the entire planet? <laughs> and the, the planet has the same environment everywhere? Yeah, yeah, the environment. The... I, I enjoy that trope, though. I enjoy that there's <laughs> only one environment. You know, it makes it less complicated for us to know where we are. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, too, like, if they wanted to make – this is going back to the trilogy issue. If they were going to make a fun, breezy quest movie – with Ray, Poe, and Finn, and C-3PO and Chewbacca going on this journey with all these things happening. If the first half of the movie had been a movie by itself, yeah. that would have been a lot of fun. All the oh, MacGuffins yeah. and all, that, I like a fun MacGuffin movie. That would have been great. Yeah. And, and with Ray flying off into the nowhere and no one knows where she's going from the, and then the, second yeah. from movie the ruins of the Death Star. All the Sith and Palpatine stuff. Yeah. And then you could develop even more like Zori Bliss, which I like the design of that character. That's a fun oh. character that Carrie Russell played. In oh, that, yeah, yeah, I yeah. call her the Power Ranger. Pink Ranger. Pink, Pink Ranger, but well, then the Knights of Ren could have done something. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, that would have been that would have been a fun movie. It could have been like Raiders. It could have been like bringing the Indiana Jones dynamics into Star Wars with those three mm-hmm. and it show the bonding of those three. Well, that's the other thing is at the end you have the the giant like hug of the three of them and they're all like holding on to each other and I'm like. I never got the bonding between Ray and Poe to earn this. No. That was never earned. They just met at the end of The Last Jedi. Exactly. They've been hanging for a year. Yeah, maybe. It's the end of freshman year. Mm. It just, like, (laughs) I did not feel like that was earned. Her and Finn and Finn and Poe, that's been earned. But Or, Or Finn and Rose. Or Finn, right? Yeah. Oh, what, why did I they will drop just that? Continuously be angry about that. Ugh. But the whole thing of like her and Poe like holding hands and that giant hug. I'm like, we didn't earn that. We had like two scenes with them throughout this movie, and that's it. And clearly, it's supposed to be off screen. Like, there's been some time passage between Last Jedi and here. But I was talking with um, Jessica Gibson, who's been on my show a lot, and apparently. Part of that was a fan service thing because people have been shipping the three of them as a threesome for years, which I had no idea about. And so that was thrown in to be like, oh, no, look, here, they're all together. In the book uh, Rise of the Resistance, which is the book that uh, led into this movie that Disney put out. Okay. It is very clear that Poe and Finn are a couple. Yes. Which okay, here's it's and it's very clear that Finn is not with Rose or Ray. So here's another thing with that. I mean it is I feel did you read that one? I read it. Yeah. It wasn't good, but it had some interesting things in it. Yeah, yeah. Like and, that. But and that whole arc was definite you can't miss it. No, and Oscar Isaac, like since the Force Awakens, he he, he called oh, the relationship yeah. like a like, bromance and Disney was too 
cowardly to actually put it on screen. Yeah, and, and, and even like reading it as a straight man, that was a romance between those two oh, yeah. <laughs> in, well, in that book. And I felt like, so Zori Bliss, I think, is an interesting character, but I think that they tried to shoehorn her in mm-hmm. as a romantic interest for Poe to be like, no, no, no homo, guys, no homo. Yeah. Like, that annoyed me so Poe much. Poe can be bi, it's fine. And, sure. But it just, the way that they were like, oh, he, even at the end where he like looks at her like, a, hey, you want to go hook up? And then she's like, no. Like, I, it just felt like they were trying to be like, don't worry, we're going to give you an LGBTQ character in here and they're going to kiss and have this giant kiss. And then we're going to remove it from the Singapore version. Yes. Oh, I didn't hear about that. That's why. I mean, to, to quote Donald Trump, China. That's why. That's why you, they didn't have uh, like a homosexual main character couple because they couldn't remove that from international markets <sighs> where they're trying to release this. And you know what happened in China? It bombed. So they sold out for no reason. Yep. Oh, Wait, well, I, I, third, I thought it was unedited in China, though. I it was unedited that. in China. It was Singapore. Yeah. Uh, it was Singapore. Yeah. They probably bombed in China because they, <laughs> they did they, that. Probably, I don't well, know if and that's the case. Well, no, they the, were the, technically the, ghosts, which they don't like yeah. in China. Yeah. Well, but, you know, Chi- Chinese, or probably like Alderos, was like, you know, it's okay if it's girls kissing. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> which, sidebar, I just no, it's felt fine. Like you said, I haven't read that book, and the... Poe and Finn are a couple, and I think that would be great. But I feel like Disney just like I don't know. Yeah, well, well it, not so much like that. They're a couple, but they are definitely working towards there's that. There's a romance. Yes, yeah. and that Poe is very jealous of any females around Finn. Well, then and, that would and, make sense why he's going. What were you going to say to Ray? What were you going to say to right. Ray? And every and everyone kind of calls them out on it and be like. They have to go undercover in that, and like everyone gets a plus one, and Finn is Poe's plus one. And like, how'd you know I was going to ask him? Like, we know. <laughs> I, would, I would just like to add, if you're going one way or the other with it, commit to it from the very beginning. If you're going to make them mm-hmm. a couple, commit to it them being a couple. If not, so that's don't fun. mystery box it. Exactly. Don't <laughs> don't hint at it so that it, it, it conjures that up. Because I think the reason I I, I think because there's a responsibility to people that are looking for representation on screen. Yes, and if you only tease at it and don't actually give them the full-born romance, that's kind of there's a certain yeah, undercurrent of cruelty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just commit one way or the other because nobody would complain if they weren't if they didn't have a relationship at all from the beginning. Nobody would be asking for. It. They might be asking for representation in general, but they wouldn't be complaining about that particular arc. But because they didn't fully commit either way on that, it disappoints everybody. <laughs> you know. Well, it, it, it speaks to them not taking risks yes i mean which is why again like i said it's like uh the um the article i sent you guys from like yahoo of um there's too many death stars in this movie yes <laughs> uh about the fact that every single destroyer is now a death star anyone else all i can think of now ever after reading that article is the emperor is on oh hello it's like, oh, your Death Stars arrived. You've been pronked. There's too many Death Stars. Look at it. What are you going to do with all those Death Stars? You're so stupid. <laughs> he loves them. He loves them so much. More than a force lightning, probably. Yes. I don't know what he loves more. Or ranting or doing all three at the same time, which he was doing. Oh, more Death Stars. I, uh, it's interesting. I think the... 
actually the relationship is Poe and BB-8 because that's the only one he has like a that's true. A, a reaction yeah. to anytime he sees BB-8. He's just like, and we've never seen droid and human relations. We heard about them, <laughs> yeah, possibly from Phoebe Walker, Phoebe Walker Bridge. Yeah. And, uh, yes, was she the one that was in uh, Solo? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, Dio had trauma though. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was good. I, yeah, but and, you know, and I feel like that was a good character to introduce, and they did the right amount with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Yeah, I too. They, oh, thank you. Oh, and, <laughs> and Bobby Frick. They, they, oh they, yeah, Bobby Frick were great. No, JJ killed the the droid game for sure. Um, yes. Actually, I don't think I've met. I don't the droids have, of anything they re, Disney's released. The droids have been yeah. unbelievable. I don't think right. they've had a bad. In fact, <laughs> it was like uh, was it. Is it you that called out uh, the droid from the last issue, last episode of Mandal- uh, uh, Mandalorian? Um, the fairy droid? Yeah, the river sticks. Oh, that was Sean. Oh, Sean. 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 Okay, I could, I could remember who had called that out. But yeah, like, yeah. That what was did I say? Yeah, it sounds brilliant. Art's on the Mandalorian episode. What, what about it? Like, what about the droid? Oh, just like the design of it and like the cool, like the, the, the fairy droid. Yes, yes. That, that, was, that was a great design. He even sang. That was, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you that, said R2 Charon on the River Styx was cool. Yes, I love that. Yes, I, uh, the Greek mythology reference I loved. Yes. That, that, that was really cool. Um, I, I agree with what Scott said. I've been saying all along. They've been killing it with droids at Disney. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They must obviously love droids. I've always loved the droids. I always thought they got us kicked to the curb a little bit by Lucas. A little, you know, they, mm-hmm. they were used as flavoring. But Disney actually brings them in this full throttled characters. K two so because Disney knows they can sell them and they can continuously reuse them in other bro- bro- well, properties. Well, true, but yeah. I, they're still their characters oh, are good. They are. Yeah, they are. They're really well rendered characters. Um, I, I I think. Uh, the Emperor, when Scott was mentioning the Emperor too, like wh- whatever you think about him being in the film, I think Ian McDermott always gets oh God, into it yes. full throttle, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always feel his performances are in the tradition of the Universal horror movies, like Claude Rains mm-hmm. and Bela Lugosi. I think he's drawing from a lot of those elements because when we first met the Emperor, before we knew anything about his backstory, he was this mysterious cloaked figure, almost like vamp- almost vampiric, you know, like you know, he didn't know where he was coming from. He was ill-looking, ancient. There's a lot of mystery. Then we found out he was a senator. <laughs> and then we found out he was Mitch McConnell. Yes, uh, basically. <laughs> I, you know, there's, there's kind of I'm I'm of two minds, and I feel two ways about the, the the emperor being in this one. One is that we get more Ian McDermott, which I mean, when, when I'm like, you know, Ian, more Ian is yes, please God, mm-hmm. yes, I I, lo- I enjoy his performance so much, but I also feel like it takes away from Vader's sacrifice. Uh, and kind of the redemption. I don't know. It it kind of takes away from that whole thing for me. But again, it was like, oh, but I also get to see one of my favorite Star Wars performances more. So I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> no, I hundred percent. That's but, my opinion. One hundred percent with you. Then the other aspect is yeah. that like so many different things in Star Wars, uh, they claim they aren't doing or they think. Oh well, we're not going to explore that because Lucas wanted that to be a mystery, or Lucas said this was going to be that way, and they use that as an excuse a lot of times. But Lucas also said many times, "The Emperor is dead; he cannot come back." And they ignored that one. But if you ask for like sev- cer- for certain mm-hmm. other things, they're all like, 
Lucas wanted it this way. No. <laughs> he, he said there was a Sith named Plagueis who could heal himself. That's what's happening now. Yeah. I am glad they've ignored the racist caricatures that Lucas developed. Actually, I think you bring up a great point. Right. Is, to me, every Star Wars movie definitely has flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like Phantom Menace, the racist characters, is honestly the most egregious uh, of, of that. Yeah. But for me, I can point to the flaws of each specific Star Wars movie and say, okay, cut that, change that. Like, ooh, that part. Like you said, like the diner scene in Clones. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like there's always a part in every movie that's like, oh, why was that in here? Um, uh, or most of them, not a couple of them, but just in general. Mm-hmm. In, in general, all the ones that are problematic, there's like an instance. Everyone has the same thing, that they have the same problem, which each one, which is the difference in this one. But this one feels just such like a general lack uh, of, of, I don't know, uh, daring. Or like there's no like one specific thing other than the knife, which uh, as a plot thing. But there's no like scene or specific thing. Like, in this whole thing that'll be like, like oh, that is so egregiously bad. It's, it's more like a general like, hey, everyone's going to like this. We're going to hit four quadrants. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Like with the Zor, like Carrie Russell's character, it's like I was frustrated. I liked the character, but I was just frustrated with how she was used, like in a meta sense as well. Like yeah. it's like there was so much in this where I was like, okay, I'm enjoying that, but mm, like C3PO, I know, uh, Sean, you, Scott, and I were talking that like b- before we started recording that if nothing else, J.J. Abrams writes. C-3PO really well and oh, he was God. hilarious he in this movie. He stole the first half of the movie. He did. Yeah. And like when he drops in and <laughs> the first thing Jessica sent me after she had seen the movie was is this the the afterlife or droids allowed here? Mm-hmm. Like that's hilarious. But at the same time going back to what you said earlier Eric where they don't take the time to really experience anything. You've just seen most of your main characters sink into quicksand and there's a possibility that they're dead, but you don't have enough time to really feel that. Like they don't cut away long enough to other scenes with other characters for it to, for you to feel that loss That'd before be, it's just like boom, they fell through. It'd be a great time to cut back to the command center where Rose is at. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and even still, like building on that, C-3PO is going to lose his memory. Oh, he got it back. Uh, they blow up the planet uh, that they were just on. Oh. Uh, the two people you liked from that planet are alive. It's like... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like... If themselves. you're going to keep a character alive, just keep him alive. Don't tease us with a with a fake death. There I mean, that's like the biggest so problem. many fake deaths. <laughs> there are, in yeah. 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 And then uh, Zori... You know, Kerry Russell shows up in the, in the front thing. Like, oh, I'm alive. Oh, that's great. And I brought this guy, Babu Frick, who you also liked. <laughs> I know. Like, hey, don't be sad. Available at Costco for nine ninety nine. These are some... They came up with some really cool characters and character designs in this movie. Like, oh, Zori okay. Bliss is a great design. Kerry Russell did a great job. And, and she loved playing the character, I guess, because it was a masked character. So mm-hmm. she didn't have to rely yeah. on, you know, her looks as much. She could just be a character. Um... I hate when you just throw characters in there that have great potential and then you don't develop it because you don't have enough time. It's like, you have great ideas. Let them develop. Let them simmer. And I think that's the issue we're we're getting at with her. It's like she's thrown in there without a real purpose. I would like Mm -hmm. to point out with the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker (laughs) Visual Dictionary, it is twice as thick as The Last Jedi's. 
Wow. Seriously? So, if you set them next to each other, it is twice as thick. Now, mm. you can take that, if you hate The Last Jedi and love this film, you can take that as it is. But I think for the rest of us, we see that as being part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. fact that the volume indicates overstuffed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Since we've mentioned Babu Frick a couple times, I do have to say that that was my favorite new character oh, in yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found Babu Frick adorable, and I love that Shirley Henderson did the voice for him. Uh, you may know her as Moni Myrtle or Bridget Jones' oh, friend. Right um, Moni Myrtle, yes. Yep. My favorite new character was Crane Emperor. <laughs> he also films, gets good shots at NFL games as well. Um, Ooh, touchdown! I don't know. At the beginning, when they just, it looked like he was just in like a little nook when they when Kylo Ren first meets the Emperor. Like he just turns a corner and he's there, and he's like, is he just like in a corner hanging out? Like, he's on a crane. Like I, I couldn't really see. Is that is that one, what one of the guys from uh, Birth Movies Death had a great. Uh, thread um, that I actually ended up doing an entire bit with Kuhn over text where he's like, contractor walks in Emperor <laughs> says, okay, so right over here we're going to need the stadium seating <laughs> uh, stadium seating, like for what? <laughs> you know, to, to watch my rebirth um, yeah, so you want all the stadium seating? <laughs> although this is a great uh, Trump commentary on that planet, though, to have one guy having surrounded by like a like a rally. But <laughs> do you do like concerts in that room? Otherwise, when like the emperor is not there, oh man, like John Mayer shows up. Or... <laughs> oh, he'd be zapped. More of an Earth, Wind, Fire venue. <laughs> <laughs> that planet's amazing. That's a great Star Wars planet. That Sith planet oh, yeah. was visually yes. stunning, yes. and that cult was creepy. I would have loved to see oh. that develop oh, more. Yeah, the visual I, on that yeah. was great. I wish I wish the skies were a little bit clearer so you could have more of a fun dogfight type element because it did feel like it was just mostly like planes getting shot down as opposed to like the full on dogfighting of like Emperor of uh, um, Return of the Jedi or yeah. Revenge of the Sith. I feel like part of the non dogfighting though is because they tried to emphasize that this had to be fought differently. Yeah. Because of the way you know the the new Death Star fleet was, I mean, basically, like, just the way, like, they said, you need to get in there so that they can't shoot you if you're closer. Yeah. So that you couldn't have quite the dogfight style of some but, of the others. But you could still do something like a trench run. Which, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's still exciting, even though, you know, you're skimming the surface of a Death Star. Mm-hmm. I have a question specifically for uh, you guys. Because um, Eric, oh, good because we're here. Eric and Amanda, people that are familiar with the minutia beyond the movies, we were told in the prequels that there's only two Sith, but in this movie there's eight million right? Sith. I had the same thoughts. Yeah, they're acolytes. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the same way that like, the rule of two is that there can only be two Sith. There can be people like who harness the dark side. There's things like uh, the Dark Sisters who uh, were the uh, dark magic witches um, on uh, Darth Maul's planet uh, that he is descendant from and that are in the new game uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Which which is excellent. Is an an amazing Star Wars game. It's very, very good. They play up uh, the Night Sisters uh, pretty good in that. Much better story than the movie. And um, they also um, have... I mean, there's like Force-sensitive, and there's things like like, uh, the Rebels... 
show uh, added to the canon, which is also in the the Force, uh, the Jedi Fallen Order game mm-hmm. of um, Inquisitors, which are basically those who are Force sensitive but aren't uh, as one with the Force to be uh, a Jedi or a Sith. That they basically trained as hunters, so they um, are kind of somewhere between a regular person and someone who is um, like a Sith Lord, or, or uh, you know, like uh, in general, like Knights of Ren. Yeah, because like, there's a bunch that's of what they them. are yeah. supposed are, are basically force sensitive people who, in a previous generation, would have been Inquisitors. Uh-huh. Um. Finn is essentially the light side version of that. Uh, so is Maz Katana, uh, where they yeah. are force sensitive, uh, whereas they can they can feel certain things, they can harness certain things, ride energies. But they so don't necessarily have enough force energy to be like a Jedi, right? They can't like you know move. You know, there's certain you can train them to certain things, like you can train them to move things if they you know, need be. You know they. They're essentially on par with Padawans. Yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of like Moff Gideon. He has the Darksaber, which means he has some sort of talent with the Force, but he's not like Sith level. Well, not so much. There's several people uh, in the cartoons had it, though, with no, with no Force level. That's uh, true. I guess like they could wield it. Yeah. And, um, who? Uh, God, I'm blanking on the name of who had it last. What if, well, I'm not talking about that, but like who can still use a lightsaber because essentially it's a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, the insect guy from... General Grievous? Grievous? Yes, mm-hmm. Grievous. Wheezy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was trained in Jedi fighting technique. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he actually says that in a line of dialogue. I've been trained in Jedi fighting <laughs> techniques. Yeah. That's Pretty much all he says. Because the dark saber goes back all the way, because that was initially created by the first Mandalorian, Mandalorian to ever become yeah. a Jedi. So there's always two Sith. So when one dies, or there... gets murdered, more likely. Yeah, murdered. Then there's just one that he. All we've seen is Palpatine. There's always two: a master and apprentice. But if you kill the apprentice, then there's a period of time where you have to get a new apprentice. Well, unless you're working on multiple yeah. levels, and yeah, because get... I mean, you got figure... Count Dooku was like yeah, already in and. He was working then at on the a... same time. Uh, Doku was was uh, raising Asajj Ventress to be his apprentice because he was going to kill the Palpatine, right? And be his assassin until she started to become too powerful, and Palpatine said, "Kill your apprentice." Ah, mm. uh, so they have which is in, which is in uh, Clone Wars. That, okay, yeah. the apprentice has the apprentice. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then that apprentice has an apprentice. It's a sure. perpetual. Oh, it's it's like it's it's like a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> uh, and with it, you have to sell three Death Star destroyers <laughs> to move to the next. That's level. why Snoke wanted mm-hmm. Kylo to turn Rey to the but, dark side. Was right, Snoke then real? She can sell. Was Snoke real? Because there's only two. It was just the Emperor and Kylo. Is what I and no. Snoke was like a, a like a a, a vessel like for a the Emperor. Or Snoke was. Real. The way I understood it is that Palpatine created Snoke. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah, Snoke was his puppet, basically. Yeah, Snoke wasn't real in the sense that that wasn't Snoke; that was the Emperor. So it didn't matter. Sith, yeah. I think that George Lucas said that there are always two Sith, and he didn't think it through. Oh, well, he did a lot of that. I mean, well, if you watch, <laughs> if you watch well, A New Hope, I mean, I, okay, he puts himself rule, in a lot of corners. Two is set 
in like like what Knights of Old Republic time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it wasn't always two, but it was set up basically so that the Sith could see their enemies coming. <laughs> um, but you know, Sith. <laughs> I mean, when Obi Wan says like I, I haven't gone by that name in a long time, like he clear, he, like he legitimately he says it like he legitimately does not remember being called Obi Wan Kenobi. Like it's a surprise someone would bring them, especially Luke, who he's been. I guess in the other shows he's been following Luke. I mean, he's this is yeah. uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, time works weird in Star Wars yeah. for what, what people remember and what they don't. Yeah. Well, also the fact that Obi Wan says, "I don't recall owning a droid," and in the prequels he has fifty droids. Yeah. So I don't know. How, his memory is obviously terrible. <laughs> Maybe. R, yeah, but they are four. They could have been leased. <laughs> I leased several droids. No, he didn't believe in owning droids because they are free entities. Oh. Well, and, and also that uh, one should not own things because possessions is uh, <laughs> something you can lose on a way to the dark side. So this was a semantic argument they were having in No New Hope about the droids. <laughs> I mean, Luke, you have to use the right language with me. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, you Another can... point of view. Oh, oh, droids I love semantics. <laughs> semantics happens in the final episode of The Mandalorian too. Yeah. I'm no yeah. bean. I'm yeah. not a living bean, so therefore I can look at your face. Only a Sith deals in semantics. <laughs> well, and that's that kind of takes me to like the one thing uh, I. I loved and also groaned at that we've we've made a lot of things. I love the fact that at the end of the movie, she goes back to Tatooine. She uh, drops the stuff off on, on Tatooine, uh, the, the the lightsabers. She crafts her own out of her staff. It's yellow, which is the guardi- which is a Jedi guardian of one of the Sentinels. There's this like balance, right? Right, They're the balanced it's, ones. It's one of the ones who is equal in essentially the physical and the mental. Yeah. Um, which you didn't see much of, or whatever, and so she has found her balance. It is strictly on the light side, um, but like I would have loved it so much more if at that point she opened a school and Luke's old house. If like it would have ended with her there, no one asking her her fucking last name so she could be Ray Star Wars. Um, <laughs> if she would have just said, "What's your name?" and she says, "Ray." Just would right. be perfect because yeah, it's it, it, it's that it's, oh, yeah. it would be so she's a humble person she's not drawing attention well, to it her, would have so. been the, yeah. then like the yeah. same as when the girl asked her and she was sad and said just ray if she was confident and said just ray yeah like right. that would have been an arc yeah. um but like how great would it have been if she'd opened a studio or like a like a, like a, like a, a school for force users not specifically one side versus the other because um then you can go back and you tie it into Last Jedi and that the Jedi must die. Um, and what she's learned. And then Finn is like basically going out and recruiting and finding these people who use the Force, using his Force sensitiveness. Broom Boy. Right. Yeah. And he drops off Broom Boy <laughs> and like four other people to be like the first class of students. Yeah. And of course, uh, with his husband, Poe, who's flying the ship. But that's besides Well, it also... <laughs> The thing I had a little bit of an issue with at the end is, you know, she says Skywalker after she gets permission from her Force mom and dad. (laughs) Brother and sister. Force mom and dad are twins! They're brother and sister! And also, a few people that I've talked to were like, it would have been interesting and cool to actually see Kylo Ren as Ben Solo Mm -hmm. there, too. Also sort of being like, yes, you're... Because, uh, how does... I'm trying to remember who said this... But they were like, basically, she and Kylo, or she and Ben are force husband and wife. Oh, yeah, they're a dyad? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, but beyond that, like yeah. she can be a Skywalker now because she sure. she force married. Uh, forced married is a completely different connotation. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The force married. Uh, I don't know. Married in the force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see so much potential with Ray as a character following this movie that I would like to see her develop adventures of her own, on her own, smaller adventures to yes. find out who mm-hmm. she is. She's in a place now where I'm actually very, very interested in her. Yes, and the sad thing is, I don't know if we'll ever get that because I don't know how interested Daisy Ridley is in continuing on playing that character. It could be a. a I don't want everything to be a series either um, yeah. on that side, but I see potential of a Ray. Trilogy or just a Ray story in and of itself being mm-hmm. interesting, where she goes on adventures to find herself through maybe different worlds and stuff. Well, I think. I'm kind of bummed because I kind of thought that's where she was going to be coming into this film. Me too. <laughs> uh, after the Last Jedi, that if we had a confident Ray that was like, like, look, I'm, I'm now defining myself. Yeah. I would, I would have been much, more, and I think that was my biggest disappointment in that. Me too. I mean, that's. I feel like. I hope this is not the end of this character for us. I think hope that we get to see this character again in some other capacity. Well, that's... I've had a lot of people be like, oh, it's our last Star Wars movie ever. And I'm no. like... Are, are you... Are you aware of the culture that we live yes, in? Yes. Have you been around? And that there no, are four it's... Disney Plus series already in development? Right. I'm like, no, this is they, not they the last said, of Star Wars. They even why? said the next one's coming in 2022. Like, Kathleen Kennedy said that. Right. Well, yeah. Why is why are people saying that? Like, why, how did the Disney market this as the last movie of people the Skywalker? People marketing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, people are like, this is the last one. And people sincerely looked at me like, this is the last one. Right? I'm like... People Have, believe a wall's going to keep people out. I mean, yeah. yes, and this was the last Batman movie they, too. They just said this is the last of the Skywalker saga, which I still don't believe. No, no. I don't believe it all. You should never say anything's the last of anything. That's fine. <laughs> I love that as this keeps happening, uh, Scott keeps taking the mic from Sean, thinking it's the last he's saying. Yes. <laughs> That's the last Sean. Um, <laughs> which is a very mixed reaction. A lot of... A lot of tonal inconsistency. Uh, <laughs> almost a point of parody. Um, I thought... I thought the end of the Mandalorian was they captured the baby Yoda and they used it, the life force to raise the Emperor back from the dead. That's what I thought. That's why they want it. But th- that's still to be this decided, I guess. True. Yeah. That that's why they want it, but um, but uh, I don't even know why I said that, but um, yeah, I think I, I liked Ray. I thought the chemistry of the three main, you know, the original was really good. Um, I yeah, I thought they were really into their characters. Like they should be in the third. Like everybody, there's no, they know what they have to do. And, yeah, it felt like they had lived in those characters. Yeah, yeah, like Luke and Return of the Jedi is just like you know, you know. Went up to Jabba and basically told him what he was going to do, um, but yeah, I think I think overall though I think the, it, it was kind of an unsatisfying end to this, you know, um, because it, like I said, there, there's a lot that they didn't explain. It's kind of threw in there, like oh you'll like this, like for Eric and everybody here has been saying, <laughs> you know, it would have been more interesting. And I, it sounds like I don't like Ryan Johnson. I actually liked I liked the Last Jedi a lot. I mean, I think some of the best Star Wars stuff is in the Last Act is the best act I think of any of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all the, I loved all the Luke stuff. Um, I just think there's some tonal inconsistencies in it that doesn't make it. If you watch A New Hope, it's so. I mean, there's a ten minute scene where there's just two droids going around the desert, 
yeah. nothing else. Yeah. People forget that. Like, I mean, right. there's like no sound, there's no score, right. they're just bickering like an old married couple walking around which the desert. Which is great. Well, which is amazingly and, great. And, and it's yeah. because for a lot of the original Star Wars stuff, if you look at it, and even, uh, I don't know, Ryan Johnson did this as well, and I know uh, they did the, uh, what Gareth Edwards did this with Rogue One. Yeah. Is that so many Star Wars movies are they're 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 lifted off of they're stealing from the best. Yeah. To quote Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. they are, uh, which is, is actually him stealing a quote from someone else with that quote. But <laughs> that's the point. Um, he follows his own advice. Well, yeah, yeah. But but it's the fact that that was a hidden fortress. Yeah, they were t- so, constantly stealing from Kurosawa. Right. He was stealing yeah. from Kurosawa. They were stealing from masters. They were stealing from genres and tropes that were amazing. They were stealing and from serials. You know, Rogue One was stealing from the best war films to create things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film stole from Star Wars. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point. Well, The Mandalorian, I think each episode has a callback to a There's a straight-up Seven Samurai episode oh, yeah. in 40 minutes, and it's brilliant, and it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Sorry, I nerded out so hard about that. That was a great episode. That's also a Bugs Life lift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she stole uh, from King Kong in, in a great way with the AT ad ad coming out of the forest, just like King oh, Kong. Yeah. So they were stealing from classics. Oh, exactly. That's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so here's the here's the quote. I know I found it late, uh, earlier. Uh, John Chu, who was the director of Crazy Rich Asians, yes, right, uh, tweeted out yesterday. Okay, hey Disney Plus, put me in, Coach. Let's make a series happen. Rose Tycho deserved better. Yes, I yeah. would watch that. Yeah, yeah, they could do that definitely. That would be great. I, mean, I would love to have just like, like the technical, like post, post Empire kind of kind of series of the same thing happened like in canon, where it's like it's after the other one, where like people are like, oh cool, things are better now, and like just like let's start dismantling. If there's like a small group that's like still monitoring all the old First Order. Kind yeah. of stuff with like Rose, uh, Charlie from Lost. Um, <laughs> Let's just add, you know, John Locke from Lost. Just yeah. to, well, and, you know, uh, Jack, uh, Billy Lord. You I know, think, yeah. ha- have the three of them kind of like leading this like espionage tech kind of Star Wars show to that's, give it something different. That's like the Mandalorian is basically this rogue imp- old imperial people just doing whatever they want yeah. using yeah. all that tech and stuff I love that they call them imps I just imps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just because you know it's, it's messy to end yeah. a, an empire well yeah it's like hey guess what we won the war but there's no structure afterwards that's why I love uh, the alphabet squadron books I don't know have you read any uh, no I haven't read those the first one's out the second one's coming it's basically right after the uh uh, the rebellion wins, and it's the fact that they have no idea how to uh, govern. The uh, what I love about Star Wars is they don't know anything about the Force, even though the Jedi were pretty <laughs> big deal. Your, they don't know anything, that, and the Emperor was real. I don't know what they thought about the Emperor. He's like, oh, he's this uh, guy, um, well, they, ugly they, dude. Yeah, well, they do say in uh, uh, some book I have sitting with me uh, that basically is like only like the high command of like the Resistance knows that. Uh, Palpatine was a Sith. Palpatine was a Sith. I would just thought he was some like creepy old. But guy, Darth Vader is walking around. They they yeah. know. I mean, he's not subtle. Um, but then they know like specific tattoos that people have, and they're like, "Oh man, you got a tattoo. Cover that shit up." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love I love the fact that Cara Dune was from Alderaan. Yeah, that uh, was. I have to say, I was very impressed that uh, Kara, what's her name, they played her. Oh yeah. yeah. 
that she can act better than she could in the um, Fast and Furious. She's movie. gotten she's, a lot better. I was like, oh, oh God, yeah. she's emoting emotion. Like, yeah, there's she, actual things this happening. Her, this is her best acting. Yeah, and it's opposite uh, Sean's favorite acting ever in anything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I was gonna say like. Uh, um, I was making the same point that you did. Is like I remember watching it and saying, "Wow, she can actually act." You know, she's I a really shocked. good actress. And I feel the same way with a lot of WWF wrestlers recently in the last decade, like John Cena. He's funny. And He's Batista. Yeah. John Cena and Bumblebee. Not that I always oh, promote Bumblebee. It's my life mission. I still haven't seen that. <laughs> um, but most of the scenes in, in Bumblebee, John Cena isn't really ha- isn't really required to be physical. He's acting. And he does a great job. Well, I guess he was originally supposed to be like a bad guy, and they got him in, and like they rewrote it to like have him not be as evil because they were just having like having so much fun with him, and they wanted to keep him around. I, I they did a great job with Agreed. that in rendering it, and he had great chemistry with uh, Steinfeld too in the, the few scenes they had together. Um, but it just seems like you can draw from those worlds because if you think about it, those people perform in front of a live audience all the time in character. Yeah, and when they're allowed to improvise and kind of develop their own ideas. They're they're great as heavies and as you know fighters in movies. Like they make the best characters. Yeah, I think uh, Carl Weathers. <laughs> That's what we talk about. I, I love it though because that character Star Wars. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that, mastered Star Wars. That that character is theatrical. And okay. no one loves. We don't love Baby Yoda as much as he loves the Guild because he just can't stop talking. About it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You can be a member of the Guild." Like, dude, we're past that Guild shit. Do <laughs> you think he goes like door to door like Mormons? <laughs> He's like, "I love this Guild. I love it." I like I to speak it. to you about the Guild. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't let him in. <laughs> I I was gonna say Amanda and I revisited the original Rocky for her podcast recently. Yeah, and she knows how much I love that movie and Carl Weathers among others in it as uh-huh. Apollo Creed so to see and I've heard other people mention it, it's it's a wonder to see Carl Weathers in the Star Wars universe I don't know why it just clicks it, it, just like, it works and he he goes to 11 and <laughs> it's yeah. wonderful to watch in every single episode I love that well, guy it's, it's, he's, so, he's doing like Ian it's yeah, like yeah. You, you can take it to a level as long as you're in on it and you're having fun with it inside yes. of Star Wars that is opposite of, and you can do that with a real person, as opposed to uh, the Nemoidians and Phantom Menace, where it's mm-hmm. a puppet doing these things, and it feels off and weird. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, and just racist in the fact that yeah. when they oh. first came on the, to the screen and Super said a racist. word, I just went, "Oh no!" Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, like everything in your body tenses up. You're like, "No, like, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no." That, that movie set up the Trump presidency. <laughs> you watch that. It's like we've got to end this. The uh, I would have loved the. Is regal. (laughs) It's funny. I I just thought of this as completely off topic, but what if this movie opened with like the broom boy Kylo Ren just goes and just like cuts him in half, like (laughs) like as a big as that for you to like slash that. Broom boy just shows up, (laughs) and Kylo Ren just goes, (laughs) (laughs) and he's like, "We know what we're in for now." All right. And he's wearing a shirt that says Ryan <laughs> Ryan Johnson. What's your name? My name is so Ryan like, Star Wars. It's like Revenge of the Sith except for showing the killings. Oh, yeah. He just shows up. and Because he, that's the point. He's like killing everything that's a threat to his power. He, yeah. yeah. He, he's not trying to meet the Emperor. He's trying to kill the Emperor. So he I, could be, and I, I wish the movie had made it clear, too, that like, 
the uh, that first fight was on Mustafar because that's a cool concept. Yeah, I read that's that. A really cool idea, and that was a very cool. But isn't that oh. another thing that is in the Visual yes, Dictionary a, and dictionary not in? The, yeah, that I read about that. And I was like, mm, that doesn't clear. If the, you know, if, or if even they had it at Vader's castle, right? Well, because where, it was supposed to be where that's where the little MacGuffin right. was, right? Yeah. So if if they had you know fighting people through Vader's castle and you knew it was like. You open like the ship going into Vader's castle or something. Of mm-hmm. just, it just like, it didn't look like Mustafar because no, the just, planet was quote unquote healing itself after right. Vader left. By the way, some of my favorite scenes that Disney has produced on screen have been a Rogue One with Darth Vader. That's that's oh, yeah. really oh, yeah. good fan that's, service. Those yeah. are wonderful. Yeah. His, it, Med Mendelssohn was born to be choked by Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So okay, I I know we've been very negative, and before we get into <laughs> Mandalorian a little bit more, there are some things that I like in this movie. Um, It ended. We're we're critical because we love it. No, it's true. It's true. We're clearly all big Star Wars fans here. And so one of the things, and I, like I discussed with my uh, stepbrother, Max, who has been on the podcast before, and he, he did not like the Ray and uh, Ben kiss. I loved it. And I know that it was fan service. Scott. (laughs) <laughs> and I know that Scott's not a fan of Kylo Ren, but <laughs> no, I no no, I made it clear I like Kylo Ben. Right, I don't like Ky- Kylo Ren. Here's here's my thought: when he became Kylo Ben and he was doing all that cool lightsaber stuff, like he was hiding behind his back and, and fighting he was, off the Knights of that Ren. Was, I was really into that. He was acting like his father. I think the problem yes. was when you're a bad person and you're conflicted. There's no humor. You're one note. And when you're conflicted as a good person, you can have the humor. You can have all those aspects mm-hmm. of humanity that connect to you. I had no connection to Kylo Ren. I don't care. They put a mask on him. He wasn't as inter- he wasn't as interesting as Darth Vader. He wasn't as as threatening as he was. So I just thought he was an unsatisfying villain. I love Adam Driver as an actor. I think that's He's what they. He's a fantastic. Yeah, I think actor. they shortchanged him as just he's just playing Has this. Anyone seen Marriage Story? Not yet. Well, there's some scenes in that that. That that is a weird, weirdly written movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, up, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I just saw that one scene. And it was just like, oh, this is bonkers. It, that it can fits. be a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. Anyways, I, that's it. That's it. I I don't hate Adam Driver. I, I love him as a, I saw Black Klansman. He was excellent. He's in that. fantastic oh, yeah. in that movie. Um, and I love him. His SNL stuff was great. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that's a Vince, but um, but I thought range. the character as Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren just left me like that. I think it's different between the Emperor. I like I like my villain. I know that we're in the age of con- confliction and complexity, but there's something about that. <laughs> well, I mean, in movies, everything has to be in movies. Okay, in yeah. movies, yeah, yeah, not not in like not in like real. But I like a villain. Real life has better villains than the movies. <laughs> yeah, real life. No, no, no. More cartoonish. I like a. Like Th- like Thanos was, I think, fully realized and threatening. He yeah. still oh, felt yeah, threatening, yeah. but like. Um, as a comparison, like Ultron and Agent Ultron, where they just undercut it with humor, mm-hmm. that he felt not threatening at all that whole movie. He's just no. like he's just like the droids from Phantom Menace. Well, you know, you know, here's how you undercut with humor. Here's how you do humor to not undercut. Yeah, uh, is the last episode of The Mandalorian, the first ten minutes. Yes, yeah. is the uh, should yeah. come in? No, uh, I'd make sure you have it. What? Yeah, he just uh, killed some guys because they said they had it and they didn't. <laughs> okay, what about now? Oh, no, he just killed someone for interrupting him, so uh, not in time. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fantastic. Because because you're you're selling the fact that this person's a bad, bad person, yeah. and 
without them undercutting themselves. You can kind of have other people undercut them of just like, well. They well, I like the humor. Oh, sorry. The guy. Uh, I was just going to say quick. They basically told him to be Gus Fring. Yeah. yeah. And, well, it was, it was yeah. like in, in Force Awakens when Kylo has his, his uh his fit and the two stormtroopers turn around in the hallway and like don't go down that right. way. Yeah. That's, well, he's, he's interesting. There's mystery boxes, I guess, around that character too. But he's interesting because he's so calm and he's so truthful. He's not lying. He's saying like, it was a previous model that did that to your country, but this is a better version of it. And he's like, and he's like, and there's no reason for you to trust me if you come out here. You know, I love that dialogue that he was saying was absolutely he's, he's perfect. He's ISB. Which uh, which is great, which is basically like the KGB for yeah for the Empire. So of course his whole thing is to come out and get talking and to get in your head. Moff Gideon, yeah. yeah. I, I think what I, I was going to reiterate what Scott was saying too about villainy is is I think Star Wars is probably satisfying to a lot of people when you have a clear cut hero and villain, black and white. Mm-hmm. They have the black hats and white hats. Where with Kylo Ren. Those hats were so conflicted, which makes him an interesting character. Yeah. But Sometimes it's almost like... Those hats were taken off and smashed in an elevator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were a lot of hats. He literally took off his hat, took it back on, put it on. Um, I... I, 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 I don't hate Kylo Ren as a character. I, I do find it more satisfying when you see Darth Vader. But you know what? That is a hard act to follow. Darth Vader is yeah. like one of the greatest villains in yeah. history. Well, I, I don't know. So I, I enjoyed Kylo Ren... Um, and and Ben Solo and the whole duality of it, and I really loved all the scenes with him and Ray and uh, their connection. And um, I'm sorry, Scott, that I like Kylo Ren, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I know that a lot of people have said like them kissing was just fan service, but I'm like they've literally like um, I think it was John Grody I was talking with who said like they're sexual tension they're fighting it out the whole time like that's what is going on every time they have a fight that is how they're they're flirting too their sword strikes are very different Mm. yeah the as opposed to when you see them fighting anyone else Yes. There's a lot of rubbing in their swords. (laughs) JJ said in an interview that he did not see it as a romantic kiss. He he likened it more to when Luke and Leia kissed before they knew they were related. Well, which well, which ruined it for me. I'm oh. like, I was okay with it before. Now I'm not. Mm. I, I'm learning we'll that they don't do. What Ryan Johnson has to say about that. Yeah. In this movie. Well, I to me it did feel like a romantic kiss, but it yeah. also felt like it was Ben. After seeing it a second time in particular, it felt like it was Ben sacrificing himself fully for Ray and in that kiss like there's this moment and this is um him just being a fantastic actor but they kiss and they break apart and he just does this little smile oh, of like he yeah. has he finally has this happy moment and then right after the smile he falls back and so the the first time like I was like okay well he's gonna die for her or whatever but it just the way he played it it's so great and I was talking with Jessica about like you know it sucks like we would have liked to have seen them together a little bit more mm. but realistically if he had lived what what is their future together because he's a war criminal who has murdered like he's committed genocide threefold like th- so what would their future be like this is the only way and he gets to die as a jedi instead of a sith somebody would have killed him 
Yeah. I think. Well, that's kind of uh, like you know, in the books is that, that Leia is basically forced out of the Senate because they that once people discover that Vader was her father, yeah, no one trusts her anymore. So that's what she goes off and starts the resistance essentially because yeah, the, she's outed in the Senate as being Vader's daughter. By the way, everybody, as we speak, I just got a an alert that says Disney CEO Bob Iger says we're just getting started with Star Wars. If we didn't know that already. <laughs> no. We know. Well, cause, uh, when I saw it the second time with Jeremy, he was like, oh, well, they just tidied everything up with a neat little bow there at the end. And I was like, no, they nope. didn't. I was like, first of all, it just opened up. What What's Ray going to do? I was like, we never got to hear what Finn wanted to say to Ray. There's like all of this stuff that's very open. Oh, we know what. No, we found out what Finn wanted to say to Ray. That Palpatine was their grandfather. J- Wasn't that? No, J.J. No. Abrams said. Finn, Finn was going to say that he's force sensitive. sensitive. Which I don't buy because why would that be the last thing you tell somebody if you think you were going to die? Like, yeah. oh, I need to tell you something. We left the oven on. Because JJ needed something. Yeah. Did he know that? Because the, there was a scene. I only saw it once. I wasn't. I'm not a two timer like some of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not a, a two time club. <laughs> Marriage story for Sean. I, I, I was comfortable in my opinions from the first viewing. Um, <laughs> Unlike the Last Jedi, where I like couldn't hear parts of it, so I didn't even know the broom boy was a broom boy. Oh, yeah. I thought he picked it up by himself. I was like, why would they just show a kid picking up a broom at the end of the movie? God, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Everybody was like, "That's a poignant moment." He just picked up a freaking broom. He's got a clean sky. This whole goddamn town. <laughs> the message is like the most powerful man in the universe is a janitor, just doing janitorial stuff. <laughs> Be good to your sanitation workers. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say, but it was um, still wonderful. Uh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, uh, I just love the fact. I just thinking about like if JJ just went full on F you to Ryan Johnson. I think people would have hated it, but respected it. If it wasn't just so, well, hey, I mean, oh, that's, like that's... if he killed the broom boy, if Luke <laughs> Luke came back to life and said, you know, all that other stuff, that was bullshit. Just... Yeah, <laughs> you're really into the murder of children. I today. know. What did you do to Rose? And with this... Oh, Rose, uh, I don't know. She'd just be completely written out. Like she, she was, like she was yeah, pretty she, much. Hey, Rose, do you want to come on this mission with us? I got to wash my hair, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, just like completely well, blind. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so if, if Rose doesn't go on the mission, because Leia wants me to stay behind and study schematics of old Star Destroyers. Yeah. But old Star Destroyers never committed. Why couldn't that have been something that then could pay off later for her? Yeah, to her it, it didn't. Because she gets no arc. That's why I mean, she's basically completely sidelined. Where they never say, like, if old Star Destroyers came up and, and, and she was like, oh, shit, I know how to do this. Why are they called Star Destroyers when they destroy planets? Well, previously, <laughs> they st- destroyed stars. I mean, it's just I've always said they destroy. Pla- <laughs> or they get their power from the star because the one got the power from the like sucks sure. energy. I thought it elements. was like had to do with their size because there were like smaller versions of. Yeah, I thought it was more of a naval thing yeah. just in general. Oh, yeah. they're cool name. I mean, I, I buy a cool it's name out amongst the cool stars name. and destroyer because <laughs> that's the naval like, term. But it's true lies like. This, this, the, the terrorist name is the, scan, the Sand Scorpion. Like, why is he called that? I guess because it sounds cool. I like watching. <laughs> I'll say this: I like watching A New Hope, just thinking it's the only movie that's ever, if it only existed, that was all the Star Wars we got. Because that, that that's what that movie was kind of made for. Like, yeah. you didn't know if he was gonna get another shot. So if you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, like you just like, I'm just gonna 
Well, that will remain the only Star Wars movie that will be nominated for an Oscar. I was listening to, yeah. uh, well, for for Best Picture yeah. at this point. Yeah, they've got tons of technical awards. But uh, I was listening to a podcast this morning from Entertainment Weekly, their award is podcast, um, and their reactions to the Golden Globe nominations from a couple weeks ago yeah. before Star Wars had come out. And one of the people was like, if this is great, this might be the time, the year that the Academy wants to reward Star Wars since it's the finale of this saga. And, you know, if the movie's going to be great. And I was just laughing because I was like, there's no way in hell this movie is getting a Best Picture nomination. No. Like, I feel like the missed opportunity for that was Last Jedi. But uh, <laughs> I'm just like, well, uh, in hindsight, that's hilarious because that's not going to happen. Like, like Last I mean, Jedi got 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, like something ridiculously yeah, high. Yeah. And I think what won and got like maybe a 70-something percent, right? Last I'm trying year? to remember what won that year. Yeah, I, I, two years ago. I thought it was that would have been The Shape of Water, right? Yeah, Shape yeah. of Water. I'm going to say this with franchise filmmaking, which is weird because it's contradicting what I said earlier. Like, I I don't think we need to get those movies validated with Oscars. It kind of takes away what no, those movies are supposed to be for us in the first place. Because a lot of these are con- continuations of another film. And so it's like, you could argue like, oh, Empire should have won. Or, oh, I liked, <laughs> I liked The Phantom Menace. <laughs> That's hilarious in and of itself. I'm <laughs> like, you can't but, make uh, it out. In 1999, Phantom Menace would have been nominated in that, one of the greatest years in film history. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like when we're craving Oscars, like they even said it for Endgame, that they want to see Robert Downey Jr. win an Oscar. I'm like, well, how is this performance stronger than the original Iron Man or anything else? It's mm-hmm. like it, you get into this weird cherry-picking mode with it where it's just like, just let it be. Don't worry about whether he gets nominated for an Oscar or not. Just, just I let thought them his be performance was good enough to maybe get a nom, but that's a that's I, a different conversation. I would love to see that. Uh, it doesn't matter because Adam Driver is going to get it for Marriage Story, right? Well, Best Actor. Yes, you think he'll get Best Actor for Marriage so. Story? What about? Um, that's a big prediction right now. Do you think Joaquin's going to get nominated? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't think he'll get it, but I think he's going to nominate. It. I don't know if the film will. I think he he'll get the nod for the movie. He's, this is a side story. Yeah, he will get nominated, especially because he and that performance is better than the script. Yes. Yeah. Either that or Ian McDermott as the emperor. I mean, <laughs> I'm an outlier in that I liked Joker, but I like Joker. Yeah, I, I liked it but, too. I'm okay. I'm, I should cin- say, as a woman, I'm an outlier and one of the only women the I know. The cinematography and the acting lifted that movie above the script. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Um, That's why I don't want to see a second. I also like the nod to the screen to the. Uh, to the uh, old 70s Warner Brothers logo at the beginning of that, which was decade appropriate for this movie. But, okay, so while we're talking about Oscars, since that's a big thing with my podcast anyway, I don't even know if this would get, like, special effects or sound or anything for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the visual effects were very good. I thought that was, like, the strong suit of the movie. I mean, yeah, it didn't do anything groundbreaking, but it was... Right, and, what and, what and would be it? Uh, Endgame. Uh... Yeah. I could see Ad Astra getting a knob. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great movie, but the effects and the cinematography on it were great. And the sound. It's, they love giving space movies sound. Sound, space. they do. Yeah. I uh, just feel like because this one is, I don't know, I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens. You guys forgot that Godzilla Key of the Monsters came out this year, so. I don't know, we didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, all the Oscars. I hope you guys like. <laughs> Because I hope you like uh, Kyle Chandler giving a lot of speeches this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I almost hit my head. 
Because that's my prediction. Watched. We'll give it to the Irishman for reverse aging Pesci and De Niro. Hey, they reverse aged Godzilla. Because <laughs> when he gets bombed by a nuclear bomb, he looks a lot younger. Couldn't than he be any any older than eleven hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of histrionic acting, as we all know. And if Pacino wins for the Irishman, I'm fine with that because it's histrionic acting with substance. <laughs> It's like they I, they gave him a character to play. Uh, just the scene, I was on board until the scene where his forty year old face and seventy year old body stops a grocer. I still I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's not a spoiler, I know what you mean. But it's, I, I know. it's, it's yeah. not yeah. given away. I watched the Mandalorian yeah. instead of the Irish. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> takes less time. It's nothing plot wise. <laughs> yeah, but just seeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do enjoy the Hoffa scene, especially like, the prison scene. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 I'll likely watch it today or tomorrow. We watched the uh, Irishman in the theater, so our, our opinions are more valid than other people. <laughs> yeah. We sat through that. I'm sorry I got sick with the Full bladders and all. flu. <laughs> we, so sat for, we sat through that movie and more previews. Um, yeah, that's uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters you should check out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Scotland's Good, the Bad, and the Geeky. Yeah, yes. yeah they're, uh, they... <laughs> Always a good sign. They delayed Godzilla versus King Kong by six months, so that's that's always a good sign. That well, means they, they know it's good. Should have delayed this movie by six months. So, <laughs> and again, they did, didn't but, they? No, was not supposed to come out in the summer, and then they. No, I think it, it originally was when Colin Trevolo was. Yeah, yeah. they did. They oh, gave JJ six it. months, but honestly, should have been two movies. But no, I 100 percent agree with you. How much better would they have been? Even with JJ directing, well, would have been great. My, my only fear is that if they delayed it six months and added the 25 minutes he apparently cut, is that it's 25 minutes of more. Oh look, I'm Lando's daughter, kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I fear that what they cut might not have been the 25 minutes the movie needed. But again, it's one of those things that I gave the movie like a C plus. It's not. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I feel like anyone who's like you know screaming on social media that whatever is, is off base, um, but I could have really liked it a lot more. And I don't understand the people who are like say that they're leaving the theater with tears streaming down their face. I feel like they also maybe need to make an appointment. You need more to do. Yeah, I'm going to say this too. It is there's a couple of things. It's extremely hard nowadays to make a Star Wars movie of any kind because Star Wars means so many different things to so many different people. Yeah. We all want we all have our own private Star Wars in our heads of what we want to see in these movies. And if they don't pan out, I think there's a little bit of anger and disappointment. Kind of like like a complicated relationship like a marriage or, you know, a parental issue where you want these movies to fulfill everything you you need from them and if it doesn't give you what you need and it's different for everyone we all have different needs and wants from Star Wars and if the movie doesn't fulfill all of those um, the true Star Wars yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly we all get angry and if you look at all the movies they all have weird imperfection except for maybe Empire which is almost as perfect a film as you can get structurally but they all have Weird things that kind of make them endearing over time, but, yeah. but expecting every film to be a masterpiece. That's why I think Star Wars getting away from the trilogy format is going to be so good for it, because then you can have. I mean, I know some people shit on Solo, um, but Solo's just a, a one-off action picture. It's a space western. It's, just, it's fun. 
And you know what? If you want to do a space western, cool. I feel like that's where they need to get into the Marvel thing of like, now we're going to do a Star Wars horror movie. Now we're going to do a Star Wars uh, comedy. Now we're going to, you know, you know, to the fact that, you know what? If you might love Doctor Strange and don't care for Ant-Man, cool. That's fine. Yeah. You don't need to watch them both to make the other one happy. And I feel like if Star Wars can really get into just doing more of that and back to the fact that uh, it, you can love Mandalorian and not like um, the uh, Cassian miniseries. Or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, or that something. they're coming out with. Yeah. And that's fine. And I think that's it. Like, Star Wars... Here's the thing with Star Wars, too. It's it's actually... It's a 40-year-old franchise, but there's very few movies within that franchise compared to the length of time it's existed. No, that's true. Compared to, like... James Bond, yes, or yeah, like James Bond. Like, as I know, Eric, they're not exactly fast with Bond. Well, true. And Eric, you probably rarely hear fans complain about this. James Bond did not fulfill all of my James Bond fantasies in one movie because they've had fifty movies, and and it's kind of fun to kind of rank them. And I don't think everybody has the same rankings for Bond films as to what they love. No, no, because some people like. I mean, I'm not quite as big of a Bond fan as Eric, but yeah. once again, I'm one of the few women who seems to really like James Bond. But I think it it kind of depends on what you like, what parts you like of a Bond film. Yeah. And my with my overall point with that too is just like you know, Star Wars hasn't had as many quote unquote bad movies or mediocre films mm-hmm. to get people accustomed that. Maybe the next Star Wars movie might be your Star Wars movie rather than expecting this one movie to fulfill everything for you. Yeah. You know. Well, it, it should have fulfilled if they said it was the last part of the, the Skywalker saga. It should have fulfilled something for almost everybody. But I, I, does anybody know anybody who who thought this was a very good, successful ending to the Skywalker saga? I I know some people, and I disagree with them. Yeah, I know some people, but I I disagree. I know some people, and uh, I I agree that they disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I've seen but some I, people on Twitter that said that they loved it, and that's it. Yeah. It works better as a fun lark on its own, but I don't think it works as the ending of a trilogy. It's probably the best it way to put it. It definitely doesn't end as the work as the end of nine films. If they hadn't put the uh, Emperor in, it wouldn't have even felt like it tied in all nine. That's True. A, that was a forced, uh, to bring it back to James Bond, Spectre moment of, it is me, the architect of all your pain. I do have to say publicly before I forget, my husband Jeremy, when we saw Force Awakens, we went to a 24 hour like marathon of all the movies, ending with Force Awakens, and we walked out, and I remember him saying, I think Palpatine is involved in this somehow. And I said, no, he's dead. And for weeks, he'd always be like, I swear, it's going to be Palpatine. It's going to be Palpatine. So uh, as soon as I saw this one, I was like, God damn it, Jeremy was right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He called it three years ago. But mostly because they're out of ideas, not because it was something they played. have been able to call it. That's the problem. (laughs) True. Oh, that was one thing that really annoyed me in this when they were... uh, trying to get away from the stormtroopers to go to the thing and the stormtrooper flies and in my brain I went they fly now and then every single character said it repeatedly well they also I'm, I'm really 
annoyed the fact, or I don't know, it's amazed by the fact, I guess I would say, that that isn't a toy that's out everywhere. True. The thing that it launches storm, like launches stormtroopers. Storm yeah. How much? I mean, and and, and I mean, and uh, as I like the toys, which is why I would be annoyed that it's not out because it's cool. <laughs> but it takes me back to like the fact that there were so many toys back in our day that were clearly in the movies to be toys. Yeah. And like that's like this is nothing but a way to launch your action figures, and it, no one has made it. But yeah. the, it, literally, everyone goes, "They fly now! They fly now! They fly now!" I was just like, "Okay, you said it one too many times. I'm done." Should I have three people go? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot what I was going to say. But oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I think it was in regards to, but you're right about the toys. Like it's in the. Uh, Star Wars has always delayed their toy, even with like the Baby Yoda stuff. They didn't release it, which everybody's like. They're well, holding great. that off until May the fourth. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. Oh, some really, they have somewhere. some socks There's and stuff. Coming. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I had nothing well, that was else Donald to say. Glover's fault, apparently. What he told them, uh, don't have those out. Let it be a surprise. How was he involved in it? I don't know. Everyone's involved in Disney. <laughs> Everybody's related, Scott. <laughs> oh, I, I I know what I was gonna say. Um, I do think though when we were talking about Ryan Johnson, I think Disney lo- actually Disney loved the Last Jedi, I yeah, and, and they loved well, Ryan and they Johnson critically. Yeah, it, it, got, was, it made yeah. money. It was how is Ryan Johnson going to recover from a critically acclaimed, successfully box office movie? And it's the dumbest thing in the history of the world. <laughs> I mean, the movie made a billion dollars, and it was like critically and now acclaimed. He, this year, he has one of the most like critically successful yeah, movies like, of the year. They act like it's a failure. It's one and of the biggest successes in the history of cinema. One of and his movie this year is, I think, one of the most financially successful. Oh yeah, that's yeah. not like, done from great. like what it uh, cost to make versus how much it's made. But by there was someone that. Asked uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy walking out of the premiere and said, "Bring Ryan back." And I guess he said, "She said, oh yeah, he's he'll be back." So for those that are wondering, yeah. I think they, I, I don't think they, even though JJ, I think JJ was more like he wanted to do his story. I don't think it had anything to do. I don't think it has much to do with him going towards the fans. I think what we saw was what JJ wanted to I do. Agree. Well, J.J. is a fan, too. Yeah. So, he yeah, is. Yeah. And, and, and he made a really thoughtful movie uh, about his fandom, about how he wanted to see Star Wars. I actually agree with a lot of the sentiments in that movie about what Star Wars should represent to people, inclusiveness, and anybody has the potential to be something that they want to be, mm-hmm. and working as a team. Maybe that stuff's out of vogue right now. I don't know. I, I, I don't those are good. know how much that he included in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And are you also talking about JJ or Ryan Johnson. Well, I was talking about Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah, cool. Ryan about Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. no I was talking about the Last Jedi. I should have clarified that. Okay. You know? Well, then I, I I left that out of my uh, comments. Just like uh, I JJ, am back on board. <laughs> yes. Was, um, I was also going to say that Ryan doesn't have to worry about his relationship with Disney because if the James Gunn thing can work itself out, anything can with that company. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, well, okay. Again, we've been pretty negative. Were there any like things that you guys really liked in Rise of Skywalker that we haven't mentioned? I think it's it it, it is visually stunning, and that's one thing I'll say about all Star Wars movies, whether you like them or not. The visuals are it's great eye candy. I mean, the Sith planet, the scenes with the Emperor, just the aesthetics of those mm-hmm. scenes and the way they play were great. I kind of liked Williams' score in this compared to some of the other scores, just because I think. 
I don't feel Ray's theme. I think is one of the best things he's composed. In this Ray's decade. theme is great it's when fantastic. he doesn't tag in Harry Potter with it. Yeah, I yeah. don't think you need Harry Potter in my Star Wars. <laughs> That's just me. Um, I thought Billy D. Williams, even though they didn't give him a lot to do, was great as Lando. I, I mean, that's exactly how I'd like to see Lando move on. Um, I, I like the performances. I liked Poe. I, I liked Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and Daisy Ridley. I thought they all were fantastic. Um, and obviously, Ian McDermott playing to yeah. the rafters is always a joy for me to watch in that role. Um and I liked, um, I mean, I think there were a lot of interesting ideas. I think that was funny. I thought C-3PO and mm-hmm. Anthony was Daniels funny. was extremely mm-hmm. funny. Um, you know, it was entertaining. I, you know, I, I think J.J.'s issues are usually with plot structure, but they're not really in terms of spectacle and entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I mean, he always gives you something. It's not like Joel Schumacher where you're cringing every turn. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that it works as eye candy and as just a spectacle I think it it does deliver on that end. I like how he undid everything from the previous movie. <laughs> no, no. I like how he pissed off all the social justice <laughs> I, <think> I, <laughs> I would have liked to see more of it. No, um, no. I uh, no. I liked. Uh, I thought the acting was really good in this movie. Um, it was fun. Um, I liked seeing the emperor, even though I, I agree that it doesn't make. It's, would I like to have that explained more at the very least? And yeah. maybe it was, you know, not thinking. I think what everybody said was is on point. I don't have really much uh, different opinion on it than you guys do. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I, I thought it's a well made. I want to say it's a well. The pacing from a cinematic. The pacing was really bad. The first. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes of this movie. Yeah, I mean, it was fast. Yeah. I mean, it was almost to the point like, I can't keep up. I really, really wish they would have slowed it down. Um, that's probably the two movie thing that you guys have all talked about. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was, they're, they're, it's a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's, it's a competent Star Wars movie on some level. Like Josh said, like you liked it when you watched it. I mean, this people, let's face it, we're all going to put this movie on at some time and it'll be on the background and you can just jump in at any scene yeah. or whatever. You can, that's what this movie is going to be for, even though it's, we wish it was more like Endgame was, where it really felt like a send-off in the highest, at least to me, that movie mm-hmm. felt like it. Um, this felt more like a, like, like a, a fart in the wind, <laughs> in the woods. But uh, um, There was one Endgame moment for me in Skywalker, which was when all of... And I knew it was coming. And I, I messaged you about this, Eric. I knew it was going to come. I knew everybody across the galaxy was going to come to Was the it rescue. when uh, Kylo Ren got the hammer? Is that when... It... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, but to me, you... I thought that was a bit... I thought that was a bit on point. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> when all of the other like ships from across the galaxy yeah. showed up, uh, I yeah. got chills. It reminded me of in Endgame where everybody comes in through the portal. Like, you know yeah. it's coming, but it still feels good. I just wish that they had somehow set that up better. Yes. Because we already know that they couldn't do it previously, so why now? Yeah. Just because... No, no, no. Totally fair. It's, it's a story Which issue. Which is why I had I bring up the point of like earlier about the... Uh, Hearing them, Hear, hearing them attack planets, it'd been more impactful to see them attack planets and see those people that you see in those ships 
you know, fighting back or something, joining up. Yeah. They, they did a lot of fan service. Like, some of the fan service, like the subtle fan service, I loved. Like, Ghost was in there. I mean, I didn't yeah. see it on screen, but I saw, like, you know, on Picture Online where somebody circled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked all Ghost the voices. Ghost shows up at the end, leaving as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked all the voices of the, the Jedi from, like, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, like, that that was great fan service, I thought. Like, that mm-hmm. it rewarded the people subtly for watching Clone Wars, watching Rebels. And it enhanced the experience, but you didn't need to see those things in order to understand what was happening. Do you think it would have been cool? Uh, there are actually two things before I wanted to say. Like, I would have... Two things I would have had in this movie, I wish, is to bring back Hayden Christensen to talk to Kylo Ren instead of Han Solo. Mm. Would have been cool just to kind of give Hayden Christensen, a, yeah. like, a, like I don't know, what, like a redo. Yeah, too much emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, I was... Everybody hated me and I did all that. But you also, have to say those dude characters in that. have similar arcs of being brought to the yeah. dark side and then being redeemed. And he could talk to his son. In that scene, he's like, look, I was just like you and I was wrong and I was boring and no one liked me. <laughs> <laughs> And then they sat down and ate worms. What are you? Where are you going? Maybe that's the fan fiction I wrote in my head. <laughs> Look, everybody was questioning my acting ability, and who are you talking to? Hey, what's Robert Patterson doing here? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that, that went off the rails. Uh, oh, and the Force Ghost, like when he said the voices, that was really cool. But I, I thought what I was thinking is like, oh, they're all gonna like be Force Ghosts behind Ray. Like you're gonna see Luke, you're gonna see Obi Wan, you're gonna see Instead of Anakin. Just the voices, like, yeah, I was them. like, oh, I thought they were really gonna go for it, but they didn't. But I don't know what is better. I don't really know what is better. Uh, but that would have been kind of cool, I guess, fan servicey thing. But yeah, that's it. Was, I'm yeah. done. They had to use some stock voices for that. Obviously, yeah. Alec Guinness, but mm-hmm. he's but, dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Any other I mean, positive things? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. With a lot of things said here, like the visuals were amazing. The designs are fantastic. Um, I, I think all the characters and even the new characters, which I don't think were needed, um, were, were great. And the, the charismatic and everyone had such great uh, chemistry with each other. I, I just wish it wasn't at the expense of some existing characters mm-hmm. um, that we... Like, we didn't for this being promoted as like the ninth film. We didn't need to add new th- things. I know it kind of contradicts what I was saying about like it had no new ideas, but it's different of having ideas versus things as yeah. far as as far as adding entire groups of groups of people that don't tie into someone else's arc uh, to bring them in. Um, no, I, I and and with that, I liked all those people. I liked all those characters. I just wish. I wish there was something more that could be done with them because everything that was in here and a lot of the ideas I liked. It's like, if you broke this movie down into bullet points other than the stupid knife, um, I pretty much like a lot of what this movie's kind of saying. I just don't like how it, uh, the execution, yeah, how it found its way, uh, between them, uh, so to speak, it just. But again, I gave it a C plus. It's mm-hmm. it's fun. It's going to be something I've, I've watched, you know, many times in the future with stuff. But I think just with it being having the Skywalker name attached to it and being selling itself as the ninth film, 
is just where it fell short of its own epic expectations it was setting for itself. Yeah. I do want to say, because I know we talked about how you didn't get a lot of emotional beats where you could really kind of live in something. The one part that did get me really emotionally was Chewie reacting to Leia's death. I, I cried both times in that because... That was his last person who had been there. Like, yes, he's friends with Ray and Poe mm-hmm. and everybody, but like losing Leia for Chewie, like that was devastating. It, and it, for me, it felt like Carrie Fisher was dying all over again. And three PO sacrificing his memories. That also got me because three PO yeah. was this is the most I've ever cared about three PO in one of these movies. I agree with you on that, and and I kind of wish that we could retroactively go oh. back and develop C three PO because. It's weird. Droids out his terrible puns from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh no, I'm quite beside myself. That was my example. When I was thinking today about C3PO, like JJ knows how to write for C3PO. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, yeah, he utilizes C3PO humor, which comes from the dialogue and his character, versus Lucas, who throws him and has his head tossed around on a, right. some weird but he Tonka the toy. Emotion of him too when he goes, "I just want to have one last look of my friends." Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, that so, was great. You know the piece of trivia for C3PO. Which piece of He's trivia? the only character to appear in all nine movies. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. Kenny Baker didn't. Yeah. Wait. Anthony Arthur Daniels. As a character has been in all three, right? But actor-wise, oh, actor, I think yes. Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Never mind then. It was just the actor. Yeah, because R2 <laughs> has been, yeah. But, yeah, Kenny Baker passed. Not quite true trivia with Scott Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> There's some holes in our trivia. Hey, you know the trivia Kylo Ren? <laughs> <laughs> He's boring and I hate it. <laughs> He's boring and I hate him. <laughs> so, if you guys were going to give this movie a letter grade, Eric, you have stated your C+. Plus. What about you, Josh? Uh, for now, uh, C+. Might change. I've only seen it once. You said C. Yeah. yeah. I see, I was C after one, and I went up to C plus after two. Yeah. So, are we going to grade the trilogy too, or just the this? Oh, movie? that's a, we could do the trilogy because I'd say I was that, just going to say the movie for now. But oh, yeah. I mean, this it's it, it sort of I wouldn't say ruin the trilogy for me, but I really like the first two movies. But this kind of like again, it's like the last thing you remember is your dessert. Mm-hmm. It. It, I, yeah. it it made me like I probably would have given the whole trilogy like an A minus. This probably put it to a B minus, and it inspired me to read the uh, Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy, mm. which I the first one, the Legends version. Yeah, like um, the one from the nineties. It went from like yeah, nineteen ninety. Like I, I've read it a couple times. Uh, I I just have. It's a much better story for like a sequel trilogy, and obviously you couldn't make movies of it at this point because yeah. even if the actors were all alive, they're much older than they are in the books because the books are five years after Jedi. Um, but but yeah, I, I, again, it was it was it was an okay trilogy overall, I think. But I hope Disney learns a lesson from this to. Do, do it like you do Marvel. Have some sort of plan. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's going backwards. Back to me. Um, this is Scott. <laughs> What's this your is grade, Eric. Uh, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Star Wars burger. <laughs> Star burger. Um, the uh, I give it an E for Empire uh, Emperor. <laughs> 
I did like. I, I will say I did like the final order. I thought that was kind of cool. No. <laughs> that that was cool. That the, yeah. like first order, and they like, oh, this is the final order. Oh, and then there was order sixty six, right? It was the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was the... Uh, mm-hmm. He does like his orders. Yeah, he loves his orders. Orders, it's easy to buy for the Emperor on Christmas because you know what he likes. <laughs> hey, buy him a Star Destroyer or you give him a, <laughs> a list of orders. Um, Here's a planet-destroying weapon. No, but seriously, uh, this is... Uh, I give it... It's probably like in the middle with a C, right? Um, yeah. So it's a C movie. I mean, there's good... It's, it's definitely yeah. good and bad dismissed together, so... I'm going to cover some ground with this because uh, I'm going to say I'm going to give this a B minus right now, which is generous because I think Eric – I probably wouldn't change anything that Eric said. I think I knock it up a, a, a point because I do think there's a lot of things I'm going to come back to and enjoy with this movie. And I also looked at it like it's not Michael Bay Transformers bad as far as IP <laughs> representation goes. So yeah. I have to yes. keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh and I think I'd give it a C as a trilogy. I would give the first two films A, Force yeah. Awakens and Last Jedi A. I'd give this a B minus. I would give it a C as a full arcing trilogy. Um, I I don't think it works as a trilogy. I think the trilogy is a trap that Disney's probably, probably recognized they were falling under to repeat Boy, the they tra- had an traditions. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a trap. Um, I overall like what Disney has done with Star Wars. I think they are putting effort into making these really good movies. Like, I loved Rogue One, which might be my favorite of all the films they've Mm -hmm. made so far. I was lukewarm to Solo, but that's not like I'm going to raise hell online. I just it's just a movie I forgot about as soon as I saw it. Um, I'm looking forward to them getting away from Jedi versus Sith sword fighting in space. Elements. I like. I want to explore the Force more as as an entity, but not necessarily through the Jedi and the Sith, but just how it exists. And, I, and the thing that's great about Star Wars for me is the fact that Lucas's real genius is he created this vast universe with so many possibilities for so many different types of stories that we can tell. And I want to see them go in that direction and explore all those weird avenues. Well, if I can yeah. think about it a little bit, um, the the prequels for me have really risen in quality because of all the material that's come out of them. Yes. Uh, the Clone Wars cartoon show has raised um, episode two and episode three for me in like their rankings just because the Clone Wars was so good in what it explored. And I would, I, mean, I would love if they could come up with some other stuff that would be in this. I mean, I mean, look, Disney Plus, if you're listening, and you probably are or someone is because I think 30% of the country works for you at this point <laughs> uh, for Disney in general. I have a Knights of Ren series idea, or animated film at least, so uh, hit me up. (laughs) Do it. Oh, yeah, that's great. I have a Knights of Stimpy series if Nickelodeon is listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say with with, with what Eric just said, like, yeah, I I think, uh, you know, the prequels have kind of risen. The execution is bad with dialogue and characterization. Yeah. Romance. Uh, Anakin, right face. But John Williams produced some of his best work for the prequel trilogy. Uh, you said romance, and I said the Anakin rape face. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that would that would sum it up for me. I'm with that. Yeah, um, I think I'm also at a C plus right now. I was very like I'm at like a 79. It's like right at that like 79, 80 percent. Like because I do think it was fun, but yeah, I mean as we've all said, it's not 
a good end to a trilogy or to nine movies. Like, it just... It doesn't feel satisfying in any way. In which we have seen satisfying ends to parts of sagas this year. So... Mm-hmm. Mr. Robot being one. Oh, man. That's how you, that's how you end a show. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robot. Was Watchmen. So... Watchmen, right. yeah. Oh, Those... I haven't watched that yet. I almost started watching that last night, and then I was like, no, I need to stay in a Star Wars zone. Yeah, Watch, Watchmen is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Watchmen was good. It was good to watch that with Mandalorian. It was a good, yeah. one, one would cleanse you. <laughs> of, of the other stuff. One's like, oh, this is so good. Also, I can't sleep right now. Yeah, and the other one's like, oh, this is this. Like, nice. oh, baby Yoda. This is easy to watch. <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, too, like, uh, I'm looking forward to the Zack Snyder cut of The Rise of Skywalker as well. <laughs> at some point. Same, same writer, same screenwriter. So there's, uh, there's a. I know it is. It oh, is. yeah. That was uh, Lindsay. When Lindsay I first Bowes saw that, Facebook. that scared me. Had said, you can tell that all the Lucasfilm story group people that JJ bypassed for episode nine are involved in Mandalorian. Well, The Rise of Skywalker was written by the same guys in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Remember, I called that Ooh, out the first right. thing is when I first. Yes. When, that's a, the first thing that's got me nervous is that the Batman versus Superman and and Justice League writers, the guy on this. I'm going to say this too: like, uh, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're either happy or dissatisfied or whatever. Be thankful it's not DC, where it's all over the place yeah. and there's and, no con- and again, continuity. And, and yeah. I don't mean to disparage that guy. He could have, he, he, he might have be caught in all kinds of corporate yes. fun stuff. Trying, you know, trying to write as, as what Peter David once referred to when he wrote X Men as uh, having sex while wearing a lead condom. <laughs> so wow, yes. I mean, he wrote Argo, so didn't he? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so any other thoughts or are we... I think we've covered... I'm, okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm spent. Okay. <laughs> Anything you guys would like to plug? Eric. Oh, yeah. Uh, com. So where I kind of link to everything. Um, I don't know. Occasionally doing random shit. Otherwise, I'll post it wherever. Zap Thunder on Twitter. I'll post stuff. Josh? I was in a show a few weeks ago, so if you have the uh, ability to travel back in time, <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> I saw it. He did an excellent goofy. Yeah. Good world, world between worlds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cinema weird with theirs, you know. What you're listening to now, we're going <laughs> to... I'm going to check that out. Check out the podcast you're actually listening to right now. Um, <laughs> For the last two hours, I've been on... <laughs> Send him a wheel of I hope you can find us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, like if you didn't listen to the podcast you're currently listening to. I like to. Sean normally does this. Don't you where to find Send him a Yeah, yeah where to find us. You can find us on, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, any sort of social media outlet that you can find. Plus, you know, Podbean if you listen to us. And uh, Scott and I also perform uh, quasi-regularly. Once in a while is the Wheeler Brothers in town. We have a few shows coming up in January, I believe. Oh, uh, you're going to be doing one with Kuhn and I? Yes, uh, Franklinton Friday Nights. Yeah, is that it? So. And uh, also going to be an Improv Wars, I think, at one point. What date just, will that be? Mostly because I, I want to... I think we're in that one, too. Yeah. Uh, so anything that Eric and I... We're, we're, all of us are going to be in the same shows in January. <laughs> John and I have just decided to do, to do shit in January since I'm free now. So Yeah. <laughs> same here. Same here. 
but but yeah, that that would be pretty much all we have to plug for that. <laughs> and uh, for Amanda's picture show, Go Go, you can find us on social media on Twitter. It's at Amanda's Pick Show, Facebook, Instagram, the full Amanda's Picture Show Go Go. Uh, we've got an email if you want to write in. Happy comments about our Star Wars commentary. <laughs> Amanda's picture show a go go at gmail.com. And then you can always check out uh, our website. And if you, you like, uh, you've heard us talk about our discussion of The Last Jedi, you can search all of our movies by uh, title and also by guest uh, on the website amandaagogo.com. And I think that should be it for uh, yes. this as a closeout. Thanks to everybody, for Eric and Josh for joining us. And, Thanks uh, for having me. Yep, yeah. Amanda, Scott, and I will go back to our respective podcast individually. And Thanks appear. for suggesting <laughs> a crossover again, oh, yeah. It's just like Marvel and DC. It kind of yeah. has to happen. <laughs> you miss Tony, so she'll be back next time. Good yeah, luck editing this, guys. Hi, Tony. <laughs> and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Oh, the Jedi.